Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 3, 2, 1 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your host for the next couple hours of intense game discussion. And alongside me to take part is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Contact. Yeah. Is the reason. <laughs> Contact. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that dates us for sure. A little bit. What year did they stop doing three, two, one contact? I don't know. Yeah, like that was a, a long, a long, long time long ago. Time ago. <laughs> Probably around the same time they stopped doing Captain Kangaroo and a bunch of other shows that we watched as kids. Mm. Did you watch Captain Kangaroo? On and off. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't my favorite. Yeah, Mister Green Jeans was one of the characters. Yeah, I on didn't. That show. Uh, I was never a big. I was never into the 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 kindly older man hosting the children's <laughs> show thing. Even oh, yeah? Mr. Rogers, I always found a little something felt off there. Although he um, is legitimately like the yeah, nicest really guy on the that. planet, yeah, and it was, never turned out that he was a creep or anything. No, like he was he just, just a good dude. Yeah, but like as a kid, I'm just like, mm, no, nah, <laughs> something off. I don't yeah. see any need because like you know, the premise of the show was kind of like you were going to visit this guy, and I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm all right. <laughs> like my house. Yeah. <laughs> At least, on Ses- at least on Sesame Street, you were outside, you could get away if the bird went wild, you know? like That's freaking funny. Uh, hey, everyone. How are you guys doing? I hope uh, you've had a good week since we last touched base with you guys last Tuesday here at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Um, still got some great games for today's show. We've had, That'll be three mm-hmm. awesome shows in a row with big games. Next week, I don't know if I can promise that, but we'll see how it what? goes. <laughs> I need for speed coming. That's true. That, out of nowhere, actually, yeah. it's coming. Uh, I do think we'll have pretty good shows for the rest of the year, honestly. And obviously, the la- as usual, the last show of the year will be our Game of the Year awards. And actually, today, we have something that we always do every year as well. And that is our Turkey Awards, because Thanksgiving is coming up on Thursday. And uh, the Turkey Awards are where Matt and I have a chance to, and I always say this, I hate to always send people off on the Thanksgiving holiday on a sour note. Um, But the Turkey Awards are our chance to kind of dig into a couple topics, games, people in the games industry or whatever. They kind of pissed us off throughout the year in in some way, shape, or form. Could just be called We're Still Mad About This Awards. (laughs) You you mad. (laughs) Just call it You Mad. (laughs) Yes, we are mad. Here in the the, the 2022 Jimmy's Russelled Awards. (laughs) Oh, man. You're funny today, Matt. Um, So anyway, we are doing our Turkey Awards today. Uh, And that is a tradition that has come from the Game Trailers days. We used to do that on Invisible Walls on Game Trailers for years and years. Every time we do the Turkey Awards and I'm putting together my picks, I always think of Ryan Stevens because he was always the guy who reminded me that we needed to do the Turkey Mm. Awards for that episode of Invisible Walls. So um, it's a tradition that we've had going now between this show and Invisible Walls for probably like 11 or 12 years now. Mm. Um, We're going to deliver those to you guys today on Game Face 321. Need for Speed is early if you you have the, the, the the collectors thing. Oh, that's so right. Should, it, I think the collectors one early access will be early enough to talk about next week. Yeah, um, and I get code from EA anyway, yeah. like advanced review code. So yeah, the code the codes always have the the early access on them. Yep. Even even if you don't want it. Um, <laughs> Callisto Protocol also December second. Yep. But that will be. I don't think I'll get review code of that. I've been connected no. with like um, the PR people who handle Crafton and all those yeah. companies yet. Be, it'll be probably, I think two weeks before we do Callisto Protocol. Yeah. Callisto Protocol and um, Midnight Suns. Yeah. It's going to finish strong. The year has finished strong, ultimately, after being a pretty abysmal year for mm-hmm. video game releases. The last like month and a half have turned out to be okay. There's something decent to play pretty much every week. And some people are still trying to get through God of War Ragnarok. So um, 
Despite 2022 being really disappointing and so many games being delayed into 2023, I think ultimately at the end of the year, we're, we're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was really good stuff at the beginning of the year, some decent stuff at the end of the year, and then just a wasteland in the middle. And it was hard to get through that wasteland, but we did it together. Uh, let's check in with you guys in our chat and see what you're up to today. And thanks some of you guys for Twitch Prime. As I mentioned last week, we are really getting hurt on Twitch Prime anymore. Like, people just aren't doing it anymore. Um, it was bad because, obviously, I was on vacation, and then I had COVID. But even before that, our numbers were starting to go down. So if you guys can remember to do that, that would be awesome. Uh, let's see. Disembodied Voice, thank you. Uh, Trigger, thank you. Wampler13, thanks. Sound Wizard, thank you very much. The Deadly Dad, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Itimbo, thank you. Nexus 6 Baddie, thank you. Pharaoh Doll, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1. That's been 10 months. That's awesome, man. Um, the Big Smoke 82, thank you for Twitch Prime. Axel F1986, um, MHG and Morton Joe, thank you. A bunch of you guys. Toast9, thanks. Uh, and I think that's it. Yeah. Someone said we just got a song in their head. We put a song in their head or something. The 321 like content. Oh. <laughs> so there is somebody who's uh, old enough to know what we were talking about. Uh, I'm sure all the people on YouTube are going to be like WTF. Yeah. I, no I also I don't I don't know if that played in Europe. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes thing. Thanks all you guys for Twitch Prime. It makes a huge difference for us, and we do rely on it just to keep operating. So we appreciate every single one of you guys who takes the time. Not Cirque. Thank you. 42 months of subscribing with Twitch Prime. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much. Uh, otherwise, it's been a pretty mellow week in the games industry. Not a ton of releases. Mm-hmm. Not a ton of big news stories. Um, but we do have some big games to talk with you guys about today, and we have a good show. Uh, we're going to kick things off with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Um, the ninth generation, mainline anyway, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. It is the second Pokemon game, although the first mainline game, to have at least some semblance of an open world. Although this game actually legitimately has an open world. Yeah, they, they, they definitely head fake in that direction on this one. Yeah. And they try to kind of like show, say, oh, look, you know, come up here and look at everything. It's like, that's amazing pop-in you've got there. Like, <laughs> like we'll, they're not quite up to it, but they're trying. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the technical issues because it, it, the funny part about this game is, is if you read some reviews or you watch some podcasts about it, people drone on and on about its technical performance and how bad it looks. And they're not wrong. Those, no. are, those are definitely huge problems. But... To me, the game has other gigantic problems. Like, I can get over the graphics and the stuttering, like, for the most part. There's just other parts of the game that haven't really jived with me so far. Um, The story in the game, have you even figured out what the story is in this, Matt? It doesn't really feel like there is one. I mean, beyond, like, another Pokemon game and now you're in an academy instead of randomly going around trying to win the championships? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how. I'm not sure if I'm done with a prologue yet. Because I went to the, I did all this stuff and I got the starter and I did all the, got the motorcycle guy and I, and talked to all the people and I went to the town and I went to the academy and went through the academy introduction stuff and I went to, and I'm like, are we, is the game happening yet? Like, Have you not fought a gym leader yet? No, I think I'm about to do that. There's no prologue in the game. There's not like this moment where you do something and the logo comes up across the screen or anything like that. Like. Mm-hmm. It just starts. Well, I just mean like when you're done kind of doing the tutorial stuff that introduces you to his, this is how this version of the game works. And now you're kind of booted out in the world to go 
you know, work your way through the gym leaders. It doesn't feel like that's happened yet. Especially because usually in the other games, that happens in about five minutes. Yeah. And this thing feels like it has a lot more on ramp, like on ramp than the usual Pokemon mainline game does. Well, I think it kind of happened when the mom sets you free. She turns you loose to like your Yeah, but you're rival. still stuck in like the, here's how you, t- here's how you do a Pokemon battle. Here's how you walk through a cave. Here's how you climb a thing. Here's how, you know, it, it's it just, it never, it feels very railroady, even for, even for Pokemon standards early on i was i was i mean not that that's necessarily you know a huge flaw but it just there was a point where i'm like can i just run around and do whatever i want and you can but you can't also can't leave the like areas they tell you to go run around in which is fine because there's a lot of pokemon to catch a lot of stuff to do eventually you do you do do that but eventually you can do that yeah but like it just seems like it took longer than normal to get to the part where like no one was trying to tell you what to do anymore yeah there's no real story in this game Honestly, I mean, there's something going on with like the that weird guy and his father clearly created the Transformer Pokemon that you get, like the cover. The Terra, yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, I assume you have the Violet. I do, yeah, yeah, because my code was Scarlet, so I yeah, it was, I have the Violet, yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, so I have the red motorcycle guy, and I have the and purple like, motorcycle guy, <laughs> and like, it's weird. Also, like. I mean, this is this is pretty much the same opening that I get, except instead of this, it's the red guy flying around, uh-huh. and he doesn't actually buzz the tower. Also, the close-ups of the red guy's eye are way worse. <laughs> like, it, it's it's embarrassing. Like the opening with with him, because you're, you're, there's these close-ups of the character, and they, they didn't use a different model for the close-ups, so yeah. it's just like this model is not supposed to be seen that close, and like you're just. <laughs> I don't like, think anything in this game is meant no, to be seen this, up this close. This particular was like, oh wow, <laughs> like the, the, well, I said I have said wow playing this game more than any other game this year. Yeah, not in a good way, right? In like a wow yeah. type way, <laughs> like, but there's no real plot like there are themes like they be kind of beat you over the head eventually about bullying yeah. and stuff like that but like, like there are little things happening on the side but like none of it it just feels like you're kind of in the room for it yeah like you're not really involved and as you say even the motorcycle pokemon just sort of happens to you yeah you find it laying on the beach yeah and like, and there it is like, like what, okay. what luck i've had by the way sometimes i mention on game face that the b-roll that we're showing is stuttering not because the game actually stutters but because we've had to convert the footage to run on the tricaster blah 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 this is a case where what you're seeing is legit yeah if you if if this thing stutters if you look at it funny and just there there are so and again we'll get into it a little bit later but the graphics in this game are just a travesty just across the board just a complete disaster but there's really no plot like eventually you get to a point where they introduce like these three different pathways um one of them is like the main pathway that you'd usually play in any Pokemon game. Um, one one is called Starfall Street. Uh, Starfall Street is like where you raid Team Star's bases. Team Star is the rival gang in this one. You end up going and raiding their bases. You have like 10 minutes to defeat 30, 30 Pokemon using the Let's Go mechanic. That is one thing they brought over from Let's Go Pikachu is the ability to send your Pokemon out to fight other Pokemon, other wild Pokemon, and collect stuff all on their own. Like, you just tap the R button, they go off and do their own thing. And that is a good thing from Let's Go that they brought over here, and they incorporate it into um, the one path, the street fall, uh, the Starfall Street path. Victory Road is what I said, is your standard becoming the Pokemon quest. Um, and then there's one called Path of Legends. 
uh, where you help this character named Arvin. He's the son of the region's professor. And you go and you conquer like Titan Pokemon that are popping up all over the the uh, the land of Paldia, which is where this game all takes place. Um, so, AKA Spain. But again, like there's no narrative thread to those three paths that you ultimately take. And I will say this, you can choose which of those three paths you want to pursue. And you can pursue one for a little while, and then you can just go back and start pursuing one of the other three. I started, obviously, with just the normal, like, I'm going to go and beat all the gym leaders and become the Pokemon champion. But then I went back and started sampling some of the others. I quickly went back to the main quest line. <laughs> I didn't find them to be quite as interesting as just playing through what most people would consider a typical Pokemon game. Um, as we said, the game is open world, and it takes place in a land called Paldia. You can go wherever you want, whenever you want. And that does provide a lot of freedom in how you can tackle the game and how you can tackle each area, in all honesty. But there is all, it also presents problems because the enemy, the Pokemon do not scale. Some parts of the game, they scale. Most of the parts, they don't. When you're out in the field, they really don't. You can run into a Pokemon that will just destroy you in one hit, and there's no way to tell how powerful a Pokemon is until you engage in the battle and go to the battle screen. And then, if they're too powerful, you have to try to run to get away. And if not, they're just going to wipe you out with one shot. That's one thing about the open world that I found to be a drawback. Like, at the very least, I feel like the Pokemon should have, like, maybe their level floating above mm. their head. Or, there or maybe should be, they should be bigger if they're more, if they're more, more pa- powerful. If they're higher level. Some way to designate to the player. Steam coming off them. There's right, a bunch something. of ways you there's can a, you There's can a ton of ways you can do it. That is they, a solved problem in open world games. Yeah. But in this, they're just like, nope. Mm. Good luck. <laughs> and to be fair, for the most part, like, you can count, a, count on the wild Pokemon around the area that you're in to be roughly the same level as the other Pokemon that you're fighting from the trainers in that area. But I've also come across trainers that would be like 200 yards away from another trainer that I beat, no problem, and the guy whoops me. So the other thing I would say is that it the open world makes this game a little more challenging because you end up running into tr- other trainers and Pokemon that you probably shouldn't fight. But what I found myself doing is being like, hmm, maybe I can beat this this wild pokemon or maybe i can beat this trainer sometimes i do sometimes i don't but the end result is that i do end up losing battles and fights in this a lot more than i have in pokemon games in the past i think that's one part of this game where your mileage is going to vary depending on what you like and how you enjoy to play turn-based rpgs um there are lots of buildings in the open world but you can't really enter any of them they're all just there for looks even when you get into the towns there's like little shops that you can go to like one is like a sandwich shop um another one is like a place where you just go to buy like basically buffs for your pokemon things that they can hold um to buff them and those aren't even indoor like you go to the store and you hit the button and it just goes to a menu you don't even go in the store in those even the pokemon centers in this game are like gas stations now they're not buildings that you go into they're like these things that you walk up to that are just plopped down in the open world so there's not a lot of going indoors. Also in the towns, you'll see like there's not enough stores. So you see the same store multiple times in some of the towns. Like this is like B- Bobby's first open world RPG. Like that's the best way I could use to describe it. It's like it's the most generic, barely functioning open world RPG that I've played since open world RPGs became a thing. Honestly, this is like the first gen of that genre, in my opinion. Um, you come across a lot of people out in the open world, although there aren't as many as there probably should be. And one thing they did change about this that I kind of like, but again, some people may not like, is that 
when you come across NPCs, you know immediately whether you should, can, should, should talk to them or can talk to them by the color of the bubble above their head. So if it's white, you're not going to have a conversation with that NPC. If it's golden, that means, yes, you're at the very least you're going to have a conversation and you might end up in a trainer battle. Um, so when you're going through the open world, you can kind of filter out the people that you want to talk to or don't want to talk to. But I know some people enjoyed that talking to all the NPCs, finding that one guy or girl who would give them a rare Pokemon or would be willing to trade for a rare trade their Pokemon for or your Pokemon for a rare Pokemon. Um, things that set the story forward, people that are characters that give you TMs and stuff like all that's kind of gone now. You know, before you walk up to an NPC, whether it's actually going to interact with you or not and again i think some people may like that some people may not as matt alluded to earlier there are these new the biggest change to the gameplay in this are the terra pokemon um and essentially what it is is you is there it's on a cooldown and when you're in the battle screen you can hit r1 and then that will kind of change the menu options for your attacks certain attacks become more powerful once you do the Terra transformation. And your Pokemon ends up covered in this, like, shield of crystal. Um, so it becomes tougher and stronger. And certain attacks also become more powerful. Now, the, the thing about the Terra stuff, Matt, I don't know if you've realized it or not, you're changing the Pokemon type mm-hmm. when you terraform. So say you have a grass-type Pokemon. Once you Terra that Pokemon... It can become like a ghost Pokemon or a ground Pokemon or any of the other types. Mm -hmm. Um, And that adds a lot of strategy to the the battles because it's like you don't have like, like remember gym battles. Sometimes you would get stuck in a place where, oh, I have a grass Pokemon and this gym is like what kills grass Pokemon. So it becomes very difficult to like get through that. Now you can use the Terra to transform your Pokemon to different types so you're not locked into that one type. It allows a lot more flexibility in how you play through the game. Now, the one thing I would add is, and I, I guess you haven't got there yet, but they have comp- the gym battles are completely different. Hmm. You don't go into a gym in this game and fight through like a gauntlet of trainers before you get to the gym leader. And those, honestly, were some of the... And here's the Terra stuff we were just talking about. Those were the best parts of Pokemon, where you had to have like a, a, vari- a variety of Pokemon in your party just to make sure you could get through. Now, you would know generally what type of Pokemon was going to be, at least the gym leader's Pokemon were going to be, but it was a battle of attrition. Do I have enough potions to get all the way through the gym before I fight the gym leader and beat the gym leader? Do I have enough? Do I have enough revives? All that kind of stuff. That's all gone now. You go to the gym... And they're like, hey, you need to accomplish this really stupid mission objective before you can fight the gym leader. And you go out in the open world and accomplish some dumbass mission, and then you come back and fight the gym leader. So it's not like this long, prolonged slog through the gym before you fight the gym leaders in this. And again, that's a big change that some people may like, some people may hate. How do you fall on that, Matt? I don't really care. No? No. Do you not? Did, were the gyms not a highlight of the game for you? No. The the point of Pokemon is to run around and get all the monsters to me. Okay. Well, that, to me, is way easier and faster in this than maybe any mm-hmm. Pokemon game ever. That does seem to be true so far. They're just everywhere. everywhere. One thing I do appreciate is a couple times I've gotten in fights because I accidentally ran into a Pokemon yeah. that I didn't see in the tall grass, which is actually what you're supposed to have been doing yeah. all this time. It happens all the time game. in this. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I think they kind of pulled that off pretty well. Um it's uh, it's clearly sort of a halfway 
measure compared to Arceus. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's all they're all there. You you choose whether to fight them. You fight them, you know, where you encounter them. It doesn't cut away to a separate battle arena or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they are taking those baby steps in that direction. The biggest problem seems to be that they are working. Well, it's a kind of a double-edged sword, I guess, because it feels like. On one hand, it feels like the, the you know they're working with hardware that can't handle what they're trying to do, <laughs> but at the same time. We've seen this hardware do better things than this. Yeah, it's so not the hardware. It seems fault. much more like Game Freak just oh, isn't yeah. very good at the technical side of this. Oh, stuff. that's absolutely the truth. Yeah, I mean, we just played Bayonetta three, gorgeous game, yeah. running on Switch. But again, not open world. But like, I mean, you compare this to something like Breath of the Wild or Xenoblade Chronicles, and it's just like, well, this or even Arceus, uh, Arceus. I, I just I don't see why this is so rough. I don't either. There's no excuse for it. It's Game Freak. They're just not skilled mm-hmm. in that area. And I don't know why Nintendo didn't give more support to them while they built this game to help with this because... Or just be a little stricter about it. Because, like, I mean, this thing had a memory leak where if you left it on too long, like, the textures went away. Yeah. You had to re- keep restarting the Oh, there's app. so much bad stuff in this, Matt. Like, I've... So there's this weird whip camera that happens, like, when you're going into battles mm. where it'll, like, whip from you to the other trainer that you're fighting against. Where it should cut, it just whips across the scene over if and then sometimes it'll clip and you'll be under the ground like mm-hmm. it's insane the stuff that happens it in ha- this game it has a roughness technical roughness that i just do not associate with nintendo no um and i know that this isn't nintendo but it is it is m- most people think of this as a nintendo franchise yep. so like it's i mean there were things where like you know i turned around and i like, decided to go back through another door that i just come through and, like, the camera clipped through the door that didn't exist and ended up in limbo for a second. I'm just like, I don't think I've ever seen that in a Nintendo game before. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's, it's weird. Like, it is weird. I have not seen a first-party Nintendo game, and I do... Like maybe you need to give these guys a year off or something, because it's... Well, they put... I mean, you gotta remember, Arceus just came out earlier this year. Did we need two huge yeah. Pokemon games in one year? Yeah. Probably I mean, not. I mean, that's not the same team, obviously. Right. But, like... But I'm just Cranking saying, the like, mainline series out every two years seems to be having a uh, wearing things a little thin here. Agreed, absolutely agreed. Um, uh, the, the two controller thing is very funny too. Yeah, how you can plug into Joy-Con and, run and then run at hyper speed, which people will do because yeah, sure, the movement speed in this slow. is so slow. Even once you have the mount, it is so mm. slow. Like, and the mount's all awkward. Like, the mount can jump, but the jump is, like, the most unreliable, like... None of it feels good. It, you're right. None of it feels good. Look at good. everybody, like, running at, like, three frames a second here. Like, it's... Oh, if you look in the background of, like, the characters, yeah. like, the NPCs, they're literally, like, you, you it may be three frames per second. Yeah, I, th- I hope everybody who had problems with Sonic Frontiers feels a lot better about the drawing <laughs> on that game now, because, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yep. Um, some of the elements from more recent Pokemon games that have made their way into this, um, terror raids, you can find these crystalline like things jutting up from the ground. And that's where the online play for this comes in, comes into a play. You can basically at that point connect to the internet and then join with people in a raid to fight like the gigantic Terra Pokemon and hope that you catch them and can add them to your party. Um, as we've talked about, you get a legendary Pokemon, which ends up being your mount. The mount ultimately ends up evolving. At first, it can just cruise around and jump. But eventually, you get the ability. It gets the ability to go across water. It can glide down from cliffs, a la Breath of the Wild. And eventually, it can climb rock faces as well, like climb up cliffs. Um, I mentioned the shops. It, there's only a couple different kinds, and they repeat inside each town. Um, there's 
crafting in this game. So there's materials to gather out in the open world. And then you go to the Pokemon Center and there's a little TM shop there at the Pokemon Center where you can craft brand new TMs or you can craft uh, duplicate TMs. So you, if you give one to your Pokemon, you're not, you don't have to like find another one now. And I think that's probably a good thing. Um, hard to find an RPG, especially an open world RPG these days that doesn't have some form of crafting. Mm. And then the school stuff, and you're right, that's probably the closest the closest thing to a, a real plot in this game is all the stuff that happens around the school. Because you can get to learn, like get to know the teachers and some of the administrators at the school. You can you go and you take classes, and then the classes will actually buff you up. Um, and I think when you start, there's like four different classes. Is that right? Uh, it's like biology. I think there's three. Math. Yeah, there's three, I think. What's the third one? Biology, math, and... I can't remember. I don't know. But at the start, you can go through two different levels of those. So there's actually six classes that you can go through right away. And they help buff you out even further. Uh, but the plot, of, you know, there's still not like a big plot of intrigue. Like this girl is the closest thing that I've found. She's like some superstar Pokemon trainer or something. Like I'm guessing eventually she becomes a bigger part of the plot. I don't know. I'm pretty far into the game. And really finding a plot thread to kind of grab onto and hold onto is, is difficult. Um, but there's no denying that they try, they're try. they trying to go the Harry Potter route with this game where it's you mm -hmm. and a bunch of kids at a school for exceptional Pokemon trainers, or blah, persona. blah, blah. What'd you say? Or Persona. Or, yeah. There's some Persona. That's here. true. Yeah. Actually, you're right. It probably is closer to Persona, mm -hmm. even the way it's handled and things like that. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, there's kind of the three different tracks. There's Victory Road, Starfall Street, and the Path of Legends tracks, and you're free to move between them as you want. And you can tackle those in any order that you want. Um, the game, I would argue that the game gives an illusion of choice, but there's mm -hmm. not enough scaling to actually make it happen because the game lets you go wherever you want. A lot like Breath of the Wild, you can conceivably, once they set you off into the open world, go straight to the final gym and fight the final... Now, you'll never win because your Pokemon are too low-leveled, but you can go there and you can try to fight the final gym leader if you want to. But and, you really Twitch, can't. Twitch people will do that. Somebody will try. And they will win. You think? People win. People have won these games with level one Pokemon the whole time. How do they do that? I don't know. I don't pay attention. Seriously, how do you do that? Items, Without cheating. Items, glitches, whatever. Weird. Like, well... So they give you the illusion that you can go out and do whatever you want, go wherever you want, fight any gym. You can't. You'll get to areas where the Pokemon will just wipe your ass out with one attack. And that's that's not really like going wherever you want and doing whatever you want. In fact, I found the more I adventured around, the more frustrating the game became because I ended up getting mixed into these areas where I had no business being there yet. Some people, again, may like that. I found it to be annoying. I, I mean, that's how open world games should be. Yeah. Right? So. I mean, it's a little bit of the Dark Souls thing. Yeah. But Dark Souls does a better job of warning you. Again, there's no way to tell you, like, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. Well, also, Dark Souls, because it's an action RPG, you you stand a chance. Like, if you're good enough, you can do that. That's not really true of a turn-based No, it's RPG. number crunching. And no yeah. matter how good you are, you're never... That's why I wondered how people do it. Like, how do you actually mm -hmm. beat, like, a crazy powerful gym leader with level one Pokemon? Like, I just mathematically i wonder how that's even possible mm -hmm. and if, if there's a way to do it in this game i definitely have not discovered it so um i talked about the gym leaders and the gym battles how they're different and a lot easier now and not like an epic 
thing like they used to be. And you don't get the sense of accomplishment like you used to either after you fought your way all the way through a gym. So you're just taking on the leader. Um, the Pokédex is kind of interesting how they designed it. It's like a bookshelf, and each mm -hmm. Pokémon is a book. Yeah, I kind of like how that works. I like it, too. Um, the other thing I like about it the most, though, is it actually, if you start digging into it, it will tell you where to go to capture the Pokemon that you're missing. Mm -hmm. If you start looking at it and you look, it'll have like their silhouette or whatever, but it'll give you like the general, it won't tell you exactly where they are, but it'll tell you the general region of where you can find the missing Pokemon. And all that does really is just save you a Google search. But <laughs> hey, if a game's going to keep me from having to go on Google and look for something that's annoying, I'm all for it. So it's more of a quality of life um, improvement, which I'm all, which I'm here for. Um, and we've talked about the Terra type battle mechanic. Um, you activate it with the Terra Orb that creates the crystalline, the the terrestrialized version of your Pokemon. It adds more power to certain moves, and again, you get a new type which has a lot of strategy and flexibility in how you handle each battle. Um, I should also mention that once your health is chipped down, you lose like the crystal coating on your Pokemon, and likewise, if you're battling against a terrestrialized Pokemon, once you get their health down to a certain level, the crystal breaks off, and then they lose that extra type that they were using before, and they lose the buffs. So, again, rival trainers also use the terrestrialized Pokemon. So, again, it adds a, Here's a different... Here's your fly-through. This is like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> not, not quite the effect they were... Well, my guess is that this was all pre-recorded, because it doesn't stutter. <laughs> Yeah, but even that. Uh, also, that windmill swings the wrong way. When oh, goes, really? When it goes back, because it goes up high, and presumably the air would pull it with it, but it, like it spins the other way. I don't. It, very weird choice. I remember when I was a kid, like I took a test to be in the gifted program, and all the questions were stuff like that. Like they mm -hmm. show a windmill like spinning, and they show the wind. And you're like, oh wait, that's going the wrong direction. Like I remember there was one where they showed like a picture of a person standing there and it was a sunny day and the shadow was like on the wrong side of the person like i remember that that was the kind of test that they gave you for the gifted program back mm -hmm. in the day i don't even know if that still exists anymore um, honestly I don't, they, they probably don't, not they don't call it that yeah anymore um wonder what they do call it something way more pc i'm guessing more like accelerated or thing you know, yeah 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 um and i guess really what i would say from my perspective Arceus is the vastly superior game. To me, Arceus, way better than this game. In almost every way. Like, the, the, the baby steps that this game takes towards being Arceus are the best changes to this game. And I do like how it does incorporate some of the Let's Go stuff into it, which also had some quality of life improvements. Story was better in Arceus. The, new ba the updated battle system better in Arceus. Capturing Pokemon better in Arceus. Technically better in Arceus, graphics, sound. I, I can't think of a single thing that this game does better than Arceus. Even the mounts. Remember how you could just mount like mm -hmm. five or six different creatures in Arceus? Handle better there than it is here. I do think this world is more interesting. Yeah. I think the, the setting is more interesting here. The, they don't really do anything with it. But like uh, Arceus's setting got boring for me after a while because it was just the same thing over and over again. This, if they, if this was a more technically competent game with a, an actual story and more, I think this would be a more interesting place to have it. But like, Arceus does something else too. That so this game has a bunch of different towns that you find mm -hmm. as you, but they're all the same and they have the same crap in them. What Arceus does is there's just one town that you always return to, and it has everything you need. 
So it, I don't know. It's, I it's like a less I, is more approach. I prefer this model. Yeah. I, I I want more towns, even if they're just you know copy, copy and, and paste, whatever. Like I want more landmark locations. That's that's classic JRPG. Yeah. Like, the hub world thing uh, wears thin for me pretty quick. Yeah. I get real tired of going back to the same place over and over again. Yeah, the other thing too is that like and one thing I liked about Arceus was being able to capture Pokemon without having to go into the battle interface. Mm-hmm. In this, you can't do that. You have to go into the battles, into the interface to capture the Pokemon. Yeah. I think that will always be true of the mainline games. Why? Because that's how Pokemon works. That's you got a you got a battle to capture, um, and that's one of the things that differentiates Pokemon Legends. Yeah, I think Legends will continue to be a more action oriented take on the material, and this will continue to be that. Yeah. Um, Vincent is asking which is better, this or Sword and Shield. I mean, Sword and Shield is definitely a more um, technically sound. The craftsmanship production. in Sword and Shield way better than this yeah. game. I think this one is more te- probably more ambitious in terms of what it's trying to change. But I would argue that uh, unless this thing gets patched up into something a lot more concrete, uh, those that ambition just kind of makes it feel like makes it feel like you're standing on sand. Mm-hmm. It's it's like there's a lot of cool I- cool ways they, they're trying to push this forward for a mainline Pokemon game, but most of it doesn't get there because it doesn't feel finished. Yeah. I think Sword and Shield, as far as craftsmanship is concerned, vastly superior to this game. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have also, a lot of the changes stupid. and tweaks there. Like, this is this is some <laughs> Digimon-ass shit. It like, is. I'm not, not into this. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's, again, they're slow AF and mm-hmm. awkward to control. Like... I don't know. Uh, what about the starter Pokemon, Matt? What did you think of the starters? Not much. Yeah. I picked the cat. So did I. It looked, <laughs> the look, green cat. Yeah. The the other ones just kind of look dumb. He evolves pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the green cat does. But the problem for me is, and I guess you haven't made it there yet, the first gym leader is like the worst type that you can fight. That's fire. It, no, it's um Bug. Oh, yeah, bugs like, and like plants. So I had to go and grind to beat the first gym leader. I had happens. To, I had to go out in the open world and fight a bunch of wild Pokemon. I mean, as I recall, that's pretty true of usually if you pick the grass. Yeah, Pokemon. you're screwed at the first gym leader. Mm-hmm. So I had to grind to beat the first gym leader, which is a little weird. Um, I mean, so, you pick, you pick uh, what's his name? Bulbasaur. You're going to have to do that in the first game. That's true. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I didn't think the three starters were that bad. Like the one I had, I almost chose. I was, mean, they seem like fine. Was the crocodile fighters, the fire breathing? Like, I just think they look stupid. Yeah. I mean, I like the cat. Okay, because it's just a cat. Yeah. It's a cat made out of leaves. Fine. Yep. But the, then eventually, fire it turns into the, an anamorphic cat when it right, evolves. The, the evolved ones again. <laughs> again, it's just they're really wandering upright. off. They're wandering off. Into, they've been wandering off in Digimon territory the last couple of games, and I'm not. Yeah. They don't look like animals anymore. Yeah. You know, they, they, they look like power rangers anamorphic yeah like whatever's yeah and the first evolution for our cat is turning it into like an upright standing humanoid yeah kind of which is kind of you know that the starters have done that for a long time yeah first i remember that i think i can't was it was it diamond and pearl with a snake you could pick yeah, I think it was. And like actually. the first evolution kind of makes it like a sexy snake. Oh, right. Kind of it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I forgot like, about that. Very odd <laughs> choices here. Um, I, I think, I, look, I like the crocodile and I like the cat. And I like the name Quaxley, be- mm. the duck, which is the other starter. Am I the, do you feel this way when you hear Quaxley? Do you think of Adam Sessler? 
A little bit, yeah. The, just, just the word. Like, I don't know why it is, but yeah, the, that's a cute name. Yeah. This puppy's made of bread. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. what is happening at this point. Like, you're out of ideas, guys. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are over a thousand Pokemon now, Matt. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's got to be almost impossible at this point to create a new Pokemon. It's got to be so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, what have they not done so far? I mean, nothing. nothing clear. I mean, they've done a, they've done a, a sentient trash bag. There's yeah, nothing left. Yeah, a... yep. might be time to just admit we've seen pretty much all the Pokemon in the world and add yeah. like a few legendaries and rare ones in each game and just like focus on making the game good. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like in the real world, we're not finding a lot of new creatures anymore. Like I mean, we're not... we are, but they're all like beetles, right? Yeah, yeah. like it's... it's some weird like hybrid There's not a lot insect. of new gazelles. No, out there. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> we've yeah. probably found all the all the lions. Yeah, yeah it's. Yep. You're, uh, you're down to much less exciting things. Unless you want to do a Pokemon that takes place entirely in the deep sea. <laughs> Just nothing but fish Pokemon. Yeah. Um, let's see if you guys have any questions about this. Um, people keep asking favorite new Pokemon, but I think we kind of answered that already. Uh, it doesn't look like Also, it. like, man, I don't even know what the new ones are for the most part. It's hard unless, because how do you they, remember a thousand yeah. of them? Unless they were promoted in the in the marketing materials. I'm like, I know the bread dog is new. <laughs> but a lot of it, I'm just like, I don't know. I think like, I came across like a donkey one that yeah. was new. Any, anything from, other than the starters, like anything that like was introduced in the last like three games, I'm not going to remember that that's, a, that that's been around for two games. Right? Yeah. It's, it's I don't keep track of this shit anymore. I, I, the, as soon as I get in there, I get my, my the, the most exciting thing that happened early on was something. Oh, a Psyduck. I know you. Like, <laughs> now, I will say this. Like, the terrestrialized mechanic, I do wonder if it will become a part of competitive Pokemon. Like, there's, we always get, like, changes and tweaks to Pokemon with the mainline games. And nine times out of ten, they never make it into the meta for competitive Pokemon play. But I do think that terrestrializing Pokemon might actually mm-hmm. break through and become a part of the competitive scene, which doesn't happen that, that often in Pokemon. I do think the crowning achievement of this entry will be the terrestrializing stuff. And, but it may not break through either. So <laughs> we're still competitively, are they still playing like red and blue, basically? With all the different I'm Pokemon? Sure that, I'm sure there are leagues where you can just play yeah. the original. Yeah. The OGs, yeah. Um, but I guess I would say, like, I do not recommend buying this at full price. The game is long. I'll say that. Like, I've already spent a lot of time with it, and I'm nowhere near finishing. So in that way, it is like a lot of the other Pokemon games. Like, you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck. But I would say this. Like, if you haven't bought Arceus because you were waiting for this, and you're like, nope, I'm going to pass on this offshoot. I want to go for the mainline Pokemon game. In my opinion, go buy Arceus. I just think it's the vastly superior game on a number of levels. And I also think if you reward Game Freak by buying more of this than Arceus, you're going to encourage Game Freak to keep doing what it is doing. And that, in my opinion, is not good enough. Um, It needs to be better. This is one of the biggest franchises in the world. It is the biggest IP in the world. And this is the type of game that we're forced to play? That's not good enough. It's just Mm -hmm. not. Especially when you look at the kind of the, the, the Pokemon clones that are starting to pop up, especially mm-hmm. from like South Korea, and you're just like, this is This I is mean, actually better. This would be <laughs> this would have been like a pretty solid Wii game. Yeah. You know, like this Digitally. is about where I feel like this should have been. This, it looks it, like a GameCube game. Yeah. In places. Running in 
1080p. Like I feel like I feel like this is where this, the franchise should have been in like the late 2000s. Yeah, I agree. The late the late aughts. If it were keeping up with everyone we're keeping else, keeping up with the rest of the, the industry. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you recommend people buy it, Matt? No, and I wouldn't go so far as to say go get Arceus instead, because um, I I didn't I wasn't super thrilled by that game either. Um, I honestly feel like both of these games are baby steps. I feel like both of these games are like half measures mm-hmm. to get to whatever they have in their heads of what Pokemon should end up becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think if you're going to skip a generation of Pokemon, I think we're, we're this here. This is the one. I think, <laughs> I think you're here. Like, wait for whatever they do on the next system. Because yeah. I think whatever they do on the next system, assuming they can get their technical act together, I hope, I bet that'll be pretty darn good. And like, to be a, fair, like, there's a lot of good ideas in here. They yeah. just don't. None of it gels. It's not executed well. Um, and to be fair, Sword and Shield's a great game, and it's yeah. out there, and you can keep playing that, or you can go. It's really long. If you haven't finished it or whatever, go back and finish that. Um, I really struggle to tell someone to spend fifty, sixty bucks on this game. It's mm-hmm. just the craftsmanship just isn't there. It's not worthy of full price. It's just not. Yeah, and honestly, you don't get to say that about a Pokemon mainline game very often. No, and what, since they left. The comfy confines of handhelds, like yeah, they haven't quite towed the line. They haven't been able to. Yeah, to, well, now that, you, now that you don't have the excuse of just like, well, it's all the DS can really do, right? You know, yeah. Like, oh, they're working on the 3DS. That's all you can get mm-hmm. out of that thing. Now you're starting to see that maybe that wasn't the problem all along. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Hopefully, Nintendo helps them a little bit more in the next game. Yeah, it's so weird that like Nintendo has that whole thing about like. They just can't make a sequel that isn't like messing with the formula and then mm-hmm. adds dumb things you don't want or like yeah. you, like they won't even green light a sequel if it's not like got some new gimmick. Yeah. And Pokemon has just grinded and grinded and grinded the same thing out all these years. Yep. And I don't know the quality control just needs to they need to have a little come to Jesus on that. I the think. problem is they don't have as much control as I think a lot of people think that it does because. No. It's like, yeah, we're going to publish the game, but ultimately Game Freak is its own company. Yeah, Pokemon it, Company is its own company. Yeah, but they've also got their license with them, and I, I can't see them going anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And like Nintendo, it's, you know, there's the, the, the distinction between the Pokemon Company and Nintendo is pretty much non-existent outside of hardcore Nintendo fan circles. Mm-hmm. Most people do not know that. Oh, no, thing. of course. They just think it's and a Nintendo Nintendo game. can very yeah. much make the case to them that's like, hey, this is our rep you're messing with here. Yeah. And we, we need to talk about what these games need to become and what we what someone needs to be able to depend on it being when they buy it on launch day yeah um and i can you know nintendo is definitely bold enough to to have that conversation i think um yeah i don't know like it's so weird to see things like you know what monolith puts out versus what this looks like, I know. And it's like it's crazy. You know, this. I mean, I know, like, like on Sonic, I was kind of like, oh, look, they look like what they look like. You know, those characters are what they look like. It's their design. You know, they're not. It's not a bad graphical thing on Sonic. It's just Sonic is basically a flat shaded cartoon character. He's only got texture on his gloves and his shoes. You yeah. Know? But this is not. This is not an art style choice. This is like, this doesn't work. They right. just can't run. And it's not. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's it's bizarre. Uh, they probably should have cut down a lot of the grass in the game. I think that's what's destroying. I think a lot of gla- ground clutter is is causing a problem there for sure. Um, but it would look so bad without it. Yeah, like there's not. I mean, there's not <laughs> much else you can do. Like so bad. Like it almost feel. It feels like maybe you should have just churned another 
standard issue one out before you tried to get ambitious about because it. it's it feels like what you know when you probably started this project I, it feels like the beginning of this project was like the breath of the wild of pokemon yeah and you know not not notwithstanding all the comparisons arceus got to that because of that trailer mm-hmm. but it's like i can see them sort of originally starting with the idea of like oh this is where we're really going to break this thing out into what you know what breath of the wild became for for zelda and it just didn't get there. Yeah. And maybe they need more of a, a tech, you know, more of a hardware power overhead in a way that like the Zelda team doesn't. But they need like, someone to just give them an engine to yeah, build the game on. I guess. Because it, it definitely cannot build its own adequately. Mm-hmm. It's a disappointment. Uh, let's check in with you guys before we move on to the next game. See what you guys are saying. Uh, One Super Master Gamer. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Contano, thank you. Shane A28, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, let's see. Commander Fett, thank you. Minority Games, thank you. Mr. 60, thank you. Some people showing up late. Emperor Dread, thanks. Time Zinny, thank you. A lot of people showing up late. Um, uh, Vincent says, couldn't you just catch whatever the flying Pokemon is? I'm not sure what that's in reference to, honestly. Um, get up kid one two eight four. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Yeah, I think he means for the bug, uh, the bug gym. Oh, the bug. Bug gym. types are weak to flying, so you can just go get a bird. Yeah, that's what I ended up doing. Yeah, I went and got a bird, and then my bird ended up getting Ember, and mm-hmm. and that was it. <laughs> I just literally used Ember on every single one of their Pokemon and just wiped them out. Uh, El Guapo three three eight five. Where can Pokemon go from here? I think it blends the the best features from Arceus and this. And gets a new engine, and that's where I think it goes from here. They're, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they will go back to the linear form of Pokemon. They could. They could be like, "Oh crap, we screwed this all up. Let's just go back and make things the way we used to." But I don't uh, think that'll happen. I don't think that's. I don't, I don't think, think Nintendo will allow that to happen. Yeah, I don't think Nintendo would be behind that. Yeah, you got to keep going forward and refining what's here. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, like, I don't expect them to go ever full as full, you know, real time as as what Arceus does, but like. If you you know this is what you're after, they'd have to do something. Yep. Um, best new feature, Kevin Roth. I think I said that already. It was the terrestrializing stuff. Um, people are saying that all the, Eric Cartman is every new gimmick changes competitive Pokemon. It, it doesn't though. They don't mm-hmm. incorporate every single tweak that they make to Pokemon into the competitive scene. That's just not true. Um, I don't pay attention to the competitive scene, so I don't know. Barry Lemex. I didn't know competitive Pokemon was a thing. Oh, it's gigantic. Competitive everything is a thing. Yeah. Yep. It's competitive paper plane folding. Like, it, it, human beings will compete over anything. Yep. McWomble, thank you for Twitch Prime. Hope you're doing good, man. Getting ready for the holidays. Uh, and I think that's it. So, that is two thumbs down from Game Face for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. not very often a nintendo first party game gets two thumbs down from us but this is worthy of that like it earned it yeah it's not amazing it's not it has at least a lot there's to be a good desired. there's a good pokemon entry in there but it's not this is it's not there <laughs> it's not uh so there you go that's pokemon scarlet yeah. and violet like and unlike we, gotham knights i understand what all these choices were right but they just didn't get them there yeah they just it, don't feel, it feels way it feels six months too early it feels yeah. like an unfinished game Maybe more than six months, honestly. I mean, they need to build a real engine that'll run well on Switch, but they don't have to worry about it now because the next one, presumably, will be on Nintendo's next hardware. Yeah. Uh, Regal Vent makes a good point. The music's good. 
Like I like the music. The mu- there's more music in this that I find memorable than like the last like six Pokemon games that I played. Mm. Like I like a lot of the music. It never struck me. It did. It constantly struck me. Really? I, was, I, was, I, I never even the, noticed it. Really. Thought the music was very good, and I thought the reincorp the, the the blending and the and the changing of the arrangements to fit what was happening on the screen was actually very good. Huh. The music is the one thing that I will praise about this game. It never. I never really struck me. So. Yeah, I thought it was good. Still not reason enough to spend the, sixty. The, the music department was working harder than <laughs> than the others. Well, that's easy. That's not dependent upon a lot of technical know-how. Well, I know. It's like talk, either go, you can make music or you go can't. Go talk to that Doom guy about that. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Uh, okay, let's move along. We're going to talk next about Call of Duty Warzone 2.0. <laughs> well, we is a strong word <laughs> for that. I'm going to talk. Well, maybe Matt asked me a question or two mm-hmm. about Call of Duty Warzone 2.0. Um, we've talked about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 the last couple episodes. That's out there. Uh, we talked about the campaign and the multiplayer on the last episode. But Warzone 2.0 is its own beast. It is completely free to play. Anybody can go and download it. And it did launch like a couple weeks after the main suite of content for Modern Warfare 2. Um, Warzone 2... Its big new feature is called the DMZ. And I guess the best way I can describe the DMZ is it reminds me a lot of playing cooperatively in the division in the dark zone. Hmm. So you and two partners spawn in the same map that you play the Battle Royale mode for Warzone. And there are basically there are objectives strewn throughout the map that you need to complete and it's really more like a cooperative single player campaign more than anything now there are other humans out in the map i only honestly came into contact with them at the very end of every match and the way it works is you go out into the map and you have like a 25 minute limit you try to accomplish as many objectives as you can. A lot of them are very simple. It's like, hey, find this SAM turret and activate it and fire it off. Or, hey, here's three safes that you need to find. And find them and then blast them open and get the stuff out of the inside of them. <laughs> yeah, killed right away. I, I was more laughing at the like uh, very fast like caterpillar crawl with one leg. Oh, that's yeah. Very, that's a very fun Well, I just got revived, thank God. Um so the objectives are pretty simple. They're not like what you get in a typical Call of Duty campaign or anything like that. They're very MMO-ish. Like you go to this area, you activate activate this thing. They send some enemies at you. You defend the thing while you wait for the little timer to click down. And then after you've played for 25 minutes and you've done what you can do, then you have to extract. And this is where the division stuff comes in, like extracting out of the dark zone. Now, it's not as high event as the dark zone is where like every human player is alerted and they all come they try to kill you and they try to take your loot now other human characters are alerted so when you go to the extraction zone to try to get out with your stuff there are going to be humans there and it is hard this whole mode is hard as balls it is way too hard matt i've only ever extracted once with my stuff ever Balls aren't that hard. I know. I don't know where that saying comes from. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from, but I say it all the time. I always say hot as balls, too, which maybe is more appropriate. Yeah, that that works more. (laughs) Um, I've only made it out one time with my stuff. And this is important because the way the weapons work in the DMZ mode is 
there's two different classifications of weapons. There's one weapon that once you have it, you have it every time you load out. And there are other weapons that you get only because you've managed to leave with the weapons. And the other important delineation between the two weapon types is the permanent weapons are the only ones that you can actually modify. The other ones, however you find them, is how you get them. So there's an element of this game in finding good weapons and other loot and then holding on to them if you want to have them in perpetuity to use in future runs in the game. So there's some strategy in what weapon you ultimately end up with and you get extracted with because then that weapon becomes usable for play in future runs. Conversely, if you get killed and you don't extract any weapons, there are cases where you can spawn into the DMZ zone with no weapons at all. Now, certain stuff you can always equip no matter what. Like you can always equip like your tactical, so like your flash grenades and stuff like that. You can always spawn with your lethal, so you know, your claymores, your grenades, stuff like that. You can always uh, spawn with those. And then like your special equipment. Like I ended up, most of the time I end up spawning with like a drone that I can send out to scout out the areas or whatever. So that stuff is always there. It's the weapons part where you have to really pay attention to what you're using and what you're extracting with so that you can end up using that stuff later on. The AI in this game, like I said, I hardly ever came across other human players playing this. It was just the enemy AI. And you have to rely on your teammates being so smart in this because all it takes is one person firing a gun without a silencer on it, and next thing you know, the AI enemies are just flooding out of the buildings and you're dead. Um... So you really, ha you do rely big time in this game on your teammates. And if you have like a douchebag teammate who just runs around firing his gun, you have no chance. I hitting you half the time in this. So this right now, I am in a, a gas cloud. Mm. And because I did not have a gas mask to equip before I went on this run, I am constantly dying when I'm in the gas cloud. That is a tough man. Well, that guy right there is like one of the big like bosses that if you kill that guy, that's accomplishing one of the missions in your run. Mm. And he just happened to show up at the worst possible time on this run and just showed up on the on the doorstep as I was just getting revived. So there's a lot of like risk and reward in Warzone 2.0, the DMZ mode. Um, I guess my biggest question I have with it is like, <laughs> what's the objective? That yeah. animation cracks me up. I guess <laughs> my big so question dumb. is, what is the objective in this? There's no overarching plot that you're trying to accomplish. There's no... I mean, that's my question about all multiplayer modes. So. Yeah. Well, competitive modes I get because you're mm -hmm. competing against other people. This, though, it's like I, I really struggle to understand what the draw is of playing this over and over, other than the fact that all the weapons and the equipment in this game are tied into each other. So if I've unlocked stuff playing Team Deathmatch or any of the other multiplayer modes, the competitive modes, then those guns are available for the one class of guns in the DMZ zone. So there is some crossover. Like Conceivably, you can unlock stuff in this that you can use in the rest of the game. In fact, one of the big arguments that people have against this is that there's an assault rifle that you can only unlock in the DMZ zone that is like, just annihilates people. It is like way OP and people are like, okay, Activision is using this gun to force people to go and play this mode because they wanna get the gun. And they're probably right. They're probably doing that to force people to play the DMZ mode. 
um, to get the gun that they can then go use in competitive oh, it's multiplayer. Called incentivizing, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's the old riot strategy where you release a new champ. He's OP for a while. People pay for him. You're, you're manipulating people with content, essentially, is what it comes down to. Um, but anyway, people are very skeptical that that gun is locked away in this mode on purpose, and people are pretty pissed off about it. Um, like I said, if you die, you lose everything, and these are big commitments. Like, the, the max the match can last is 25 minutes. I don't think I've played one where it lasted less than 15, though, before you finally, someone does something stupid and, and you all die. Hmm. So it's like a big commitment to just die and then lose everything. And then it actually, Matt, de-incentivizes you to go on the next run because you may not have anything to go on the next run now except for that one weapon that you have that is always there no matter what. Um, so I'm not sure what the strategy, the psychology is behind this, to be honest. Um, because it feels like when you fail, it's like a self-repeating cycle of failure because it makes it harder to win every time you fail. And I just don't know that that's ever the right approach to take with a video game. But obviously... So does the stuff you keep not carry over to another like another game you would play of this mode? No, only the weapons that you've unlocked permanently in this. Mm -hmm. And they're very few and far between. Um... <sighs> so your loadout is a big deal it's also easy to not even like if you're used to just playing typical multiplayer in this it's very easy the first couple of times you play to not even select your loadout because for whatever stupid reason the loadout screen for this is completely different from the loadout screen in the rest of the game and i again no idea why they would do that because when you see that interface you're like oh that's right I need to set up my loadout. I need to make sure I have all the guns that I need. I need to make sure I set. If you don't have that mental jogger, it takes a long time of playing this. At least for me, it did before I always easily remembered that I needed to set my loadout before I went out on each run. Um, yeah, so the there's the two types of weapons. One is called the insured type. Insured weapons are the ones that you do not lose on death, but they're on a cooldown. So there are some times where even those weapons that you're guaranteed to have, you don't have them. And this, what you're seeing right now, the B-roll, is us trying to extract. Mm. So we got to the extraction zone. There's a helicopter waiting for us, and it's just loaded with real human players, and they just wiped us out because they get an alert. When the, when the, the helicopter shows up, all the other human players get an alert saying, oh, someone's trying to leave with all the stuff. So the, the, other, the other players are doing the same thing you are, just elsewhere on the map? Right, yep. And and but, I, if, but if you extract without them, do they lose everything? Your teammates, you can't extract without your teammates. Right, but if your team ex extracts, do the other human players lose? No, uh-uh. They're playing their own game, too. Okay. And, like we'll, and so we would so get So they alerted. only do that to be dicks. Pretty much. Okay. Or, no, to get the stuff. To get the stuff you have. Because if they get your stuff and then they extract, they get to keep that mm -hmm. stuff. So, again, it's kind of like the Dark Zone. Yeah. It's very similar, the aesthetics and the ideals behind it. Except you don't get to go into another larger game and use those things right. you got out of the Dark Zone. You're just playing this again. Right. Or, now, some of the weapons, like the ones that are a part of that one classification, the insured types, when you do get those, those will be available in other modes in the game. Mm -hmm. But they're, the vast majority of them are not. And again, they're on a cooldown, so if you can't choose it every single time you go out on a deployment. So it sounds like the reason to play this would be because it's fun, but it right. doesn't sound like it's a lot of fun. It would be fun if I had friends to play with. Mm -hmm. That was what my final conclusion on this is going to be, is that if you have a good group of friends, if you can find two friends to play with you, it's a lot of fun. Even when I found like 
a team of three, one other guy who was into it, who actually used his microphone and was willing to like work together on stuff. Even just having two out of three made a huge difference. Now, inevitably, that third guy ran away and did something stupid and all hell broke loose and we all died. But I could see the glimpses of what it would be like to play with two friends. And I do think you would have fun playing this if it were two friends that you could rely on that had mics and you actually communicate with each other. But playing with norms and just randoms that you get matchmaked with, it was not fun. I didn't have any fun with it at all, to be perfectly honest with you. And it's supposed to be the hot new feature in the game. Um, so overall, I was pretty disappointed in the DMZ mode. <laughs> Whoops. What happened? You, just, you, you, you thought you could jump off that and you, and you couldn't. Oh, yeah. It's hard to tell sometimes. Well, this is... So now we're starting to get into the Battle Royale stuff. Actually, the mm-hmm. B-roll is timing out perfectly. Um, so let's talk Battle Royale, which is what Warzone built its name on. You can play solo, duos, triples, quads, pretty much any amount of players that you want. And the best thing about it is it's Call of Duty Warzone. So there are already, I think there's 25 million people playing this already, Matt. So not a lot of waiting. No. I mean, no matter which one you choose, how many people you want to team up with to play, you get a match like right away. And there's like 150 people in each map. It's insane. Like you'll see when people start dumping out of the plane here, it just never stops. It's just this never-ending stream of people jumping out. Now, one thing I will say is, again, most people do not use mics in this game. So coordinating, jumping out of the plane with your teammates is a pain in the ass. You have to do what I did and spin the camera around so you see them actually jump out of the plane. And then you can jump out yourself. Now, I'll say this, too. Even if you kind of miss them jumping out of the plane, you have so much distance that you can cover with the parachute that you can catch up to them. Like, they jumped out before me, but here I am landing on the train with them anyway. Uh, so they, there is, like, a lot of leeway as far as, like, getting out of the plane and getting, you know, linking back up with your squad mates. But it is hard to tell when they're leaving if people aren't using their mics and they're not like, okay, let's get out now. And hardly anyone uses their mics. And that is both a blessing and a curse. Again, your mileage will vary with that. Um, but, Matt, here's the crazy part. Despite all those people that you saw falling out of that plane... There is still way too much downtime and dead time in this. There's just, the map is just too big. There's, you'd have to have 500 or 600 people in these matches for there to be action all the time. There, and there's like 150 or whatever. So there's a lot of times where I just, I'll land and I'll just go poke around and find my weapons. And then like the circle will close. And like, sometimes it takes like the third wave of the circle closing before you ever really get into any conflict. I don't know. I do not really understand the allure of battle Royale again. Like in this, I've just found that if you just go hide for 10 minutes, you can finish in like the top 50 guys, or you can go out guns blazing and finish like 80th or 120th or whatever. Um, I'm sure there are people who are really good at this. It's will say I'm crazy, but for the average player, like just go hide, find a good weapon, get your stuff, get the, the gear that you want and then hide and then let everybody kill each other and then pop out and be like, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) and then do your best to try to finish the game. Like my third time through this, I finished like 18th or something like, and there are people who play this man. You can tell by their loadouts because this also is a thing where your loadouts are kind of limited. Um, because a lot of times you fall out of the sky, you have nothing. You have to build your, your loadouts or whatever. 
Um, but a lot of people know already where they can go to get the good weapons. And so as soon as they land, they're loaded for bear, and you're walking around with a pistol still. So, you know, there are some, there's a, an advantage to playing this a lot and getting better at it. But honestly, like, I don't know if there's a better strategy than just landing on the ground, getting yourself a decent weapon, and just hiding away inside a building for a little while and letting everybody just shoot each other down, mow each other down for a while. Um, and again, I, that's happened in every battle royale. Like, everyone. So, it's not like I'm singling out Warzone for this. It's a, it's just something that's endemic to the subgenre, the Battle Royale genre. Matt, how long has it been since you've played a Battle Royale shooter? When did Apex Legends come out? 2018. All right. About that long. <laughs> I don't blame you, because it's probably the best, in my opinion. Um, but this is also really good. Like, it's a... The, the craftsmanship in, the, in this game is solid. Like, you would never play it and be like, oh, that's free-to-play. Like, a lot of games you can tell, oh, this mm. is a free-to-play game. The, the production values in this, just as high as the rest of the suite for Modern Warfare 2. Um, now, obviously, you can see here there's vehicles in the Battle Royale modes. Um, they're kind of hard to find. I didn't find a lot of times, but when you do find one, it does change the game because you can travel so much more quickly. And it's just kind of fun just cruising around in one and having people, like, shoot at you as you drive by. There's, there's some fun to be had in that. But overall, like, I really don't see anything that's all that different about Warzone that would make it a more popular Battle Royale than the half dozen other ones that are out there. And certainly, I found nothing in this that makes it better or more interesting than playing Apex Legends, which was built by the people who created Call of Duty originally. So I guess that may actually make some sense in the end. Um, Swan is asking, were they shooting you as you dropping down to the match? No. So what Matt was talking about and what we were seeing beforehand, like the, the lobby for this, for the battle royale mode is you parachuting down. Mm. You're not, it's not actually the match. Um, you just parachute down and you can, they can shoot you while you're falling down, but it has nothing to do with the actual match. Um, now if somebody were to get on the ground before you in the normal battle royale mode, and look up and see you coming down. Yeah, they can absolutely shoot you. And they can kill you before you ever hit the ground. So the idea is that you want to dive down to the ground and get close to where you want. And then pull the chute when you're a couple hundred yards off of the ground. Um, so that you're not floating up there forever. And you can start floating down and then cut your chute and then redeploy the chute. So you can mess around with it if you want to. Um, you're not locked in. Like once you uh, deploy your chute... If you cut your shoot, you're not just going to fall to the ground and die. For whatever reason, they let you like redeploy the shoot again. I don't know where it's supposed to be coming from, uh, but I think it's the right call. Um, and then, obviously, as you're seeing now, the gulag, which is after you die in the battle royale mode, you're sent to this gulag for like a two-on-two pistol fight, basically. And the objective is to kill the other team, but also kill the big juggernaut that launches into the map. And if you do that, you get put back into the battle royale. And I think that happened for me once. So it is not easy. Because if you do kill the other two enemies, like killing the juggernaut with a pistol is not easy at all. Um, but it is nice that you have that option there if you want to. Um, you can go back in and you can uh, can rejoin the match if you're good enough to kill the other team and the heavy that spawns into the Gulag map. And that's pretty much it. That's Warzone 2.0. That's all the features that are in it right now. And it is robust. For something that's free to play, you're getting the big DMZ mode. You're getting the Battle Royale stuff with every combination of players you can imagine. Um, and the map is gigantic. Now, I will say this. It is big, but you do start to get tired of it after a little while. But it is a free-to-play game. Beggars can't be choosers, you know? Mm -hmm. It's pretty awesome what you're getting for free here. 
And I said there's already 25 million people playing this. Activision has already made a billion dollars off of this game, Matt. A billion already in the first 10 days off a free-to-play game. That's a lot of money. That's insane. <laughs> That's crazy. So you can see... What are you buying in this? Just like Cosmetics cosmetic? and weapons and stuff like, like that. Like all the, all the gilly stuff the guys in your plane had at the beginning? Yeah. And I have nothing. Yeah, I have you're like, just a like random soldier. G.I. Joe dude, yeah. Um, but yeah, $1 billion is made in 10 days from 25 million players. Wow. The PC response to this has been huge. Like It's, it's like the biggest Call of Duty ever on PC so far. Uh, so people are latching onto it, and they're enjoying it. Um, I'm not one of them. I played it. I'm good. I'm going back to competitive multiplayer. Um, but it's for, again, it's free. Anyone can download it. I can't. I don't remember how big the download was though, because I have like the whole package installed. Uh, I saw it. I th- I think it was like a hundred gigs or something. Just for the Warzone. The th- I saw one like something like that. Yeah. Oh my god, it was a lot. Because <laughs> like I, I did look at it because I'm like oh maybe I'll try it and I was like no not for that amount it was the yeah, install was huge that's was, crazy uh, Kevin Roth asked how does it rank compared to other battle royales I mean it's up there it's one of the highest quality battle royales on the market but I still think Apex Legends is better it has more style this is obviously very militaristic very dry Six, sixty two gigs just for the on, Warzone on, on Xbox for Warzone two point <laughs> okay that's no small commitment at all. Um, yeah, that's big. I had no idea it was that large because I just kind of set it up to download and like worked the whole day, and then came back to my PS5 like later in the day. It's only and it was twenty-two there. gigs on Steam. It's twenty-two gigs on Steam. Yeah, that's not bad. But on Xbox, for some reason, it's gigantic. <laughs> no clue. They haven't figured out the cracking compression yet, Matt. On uh, Xbox, for whatever reason, uh, Swanland says Activision is terrible with compression. You're right. I mean, Call of Duty is typically if you have the whole suite. On your hard drive, they're like 100, they start at like 100 gigs. And by the time the game is done and the next one comes out, they're at like 150, 170 gigs. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But at least now, you can install and uninstall parts of it. You don't have to install the whole suite anymore. So you can just install Warzone if you want to. You can just install the multiplayer suite if you want to. You can just install the campaign if you want to. Um, and obviously, there's no zombies in this year's Call of Duty, which is mm. out of the ordinary. Usually, they've managed to shoehorn it in every single time, but not with this one. Uh, but overall, I mean, it's free. And I would say it's probably second or third best. Like, I think both this and Apex Legends have lapped kind of the, the genre classics, like Player Unknowns, Battlegrounds. Like, that's still janky AF. Yeah. And it can't hang with these big budget. I haven't heard anyone mention PUBG in I don't, I don't know how long. Because it's been lapped by these other mm. games. It's just not really relevant anymore. It now is struggling trying to play catch up with these other games that came along after it. Um, which means that Crafton probably should just dedicate more people to working on PUBG, if you ask me. But maybe they're working on PUBG 2, and they're just like, you know what? Why we're gonna, bother? Callisto Protocol. <laughs> Yeah, why or, or Callisto Protocol? But they're like, why bother? You know, going back and updating this old game if we're just working on the mm-hmm. new one anyway. Um, so I guess overall, I had fun with it, but I'm just not a battle royale shooter guy, man. I just don't really enjoy it. Like, I thought, you know, when they started like with Apex Legends, when they started doing duos and play, being able to play with the three man squad and quads, I was like, oh, that may change it for me. But Having to rely more on other people, like I enjoyed playing this more by myself, just playing the solo one, where it's just you against everybody else. There's no confusion. 
Um, you see somebody, you just know you need to kill them, and that's all there is to it. Um, and you have to worry about coordinating with people or them doing stupid stuff like running out in the open when they shouldn't and alerting other players to where you are. There's just all this stuff that comes along with playing this cooperatively that I did not have as much fun with. So I would say Apex Legends won this probably second place. Um, and then everything else, just kind of a distant third. There's nothing that really stands out from the rest of them, like PUBG for nostalgia, maybe. But yeah, this genre is just... Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite. I guess you're right. Yeah, I, I overlook Fortnite. That's pretty terrible. Um, that'd probably be third. To be fair, Fortnite doesn't really push the the battle game royale part stuff much anymore. Like the, yeah, the, 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 you know, it's more of a experience. Yep, you're right. Yeah, with all the pop culture and yeah, all this concerts special appearances. And all, yeah, and, yeah. It's, it's a platform now. It's not just a game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's more of a. I don't know. I keep having feelings when, like, when like Facebook puts up all the stupid metaverse shit. It mm-hmm. feels like they're trying to catch Fortnite somehow. Yeah, I mean Fortnite. Obviously, Fortnite doesn't put out its own headset or anything. But yeah, like, Fortnite is still the de facto battle royale for the tweens. Mm-hmm. Like all my nephews, they play Fortnite. They don't play Warzone. Yeah. They don't play Apex Legends. They all play Fortnite. I feel like at a certain age, my niece doesn't. Luckily, it's yeah. I feel like at a certain age, though, they start graduating to these other more serious ones. Not that Apex Legends is like deathly serious or anything. I that's what I like about it. But it's there's a, a thing to be cheek. said. I mean, I think part of the reason there's so much, uh, you know, the, the competition's so hot with Apex and this, and it's a, is because I think there is a competition for who gets to be the pure battle royale Mm -hmm. you know like the battle royale without all the fluff that fortnite has added i think there is a market for that yeah um so i can see why there's i mean i can see why warzone has 25 million people already because it's call of duty battle royale Mm -hmm. like and people there's also always been people that don't want to play fortnite because they think it looks cartoony or like too kitty or it's also a third person shooter instead of a first person shooter although there is a third person mode in this there is yeah to appease to appease the, the people who want to play Fortnite, yeah, <laughs> it's funny, yeah. Uh, but I will say it's a I high quality a third product. person. I'd rather see my character, but not in a game like this. Yeah. This. Well, one thing though, playing in these games in third person, you can see around, around corners and stuff, yeah. and it makes a huge difference. Um, so there is a strategic yeah. angle. Well, that is why that. you have to pick. Well, yeah, the mode has to be one or the other. It mm-hmm. can't be. As opposed to like Battlefront 2 where you could choose. Yeah, you can't really mix them like, together. No, like you, if you're playing a first person in Battlefront 2, you're going to die. You, you, because, you have no chance. Because everyone else can see you. They can see you way before you see them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is really high quality like Warzone 2 is. Um, I guess I would maybe try like a Battle Royale Star Wars thing. Yeah. Or something. If, if, if the theme on a Battle Royale was interesting enough to me, I would probably try it. But I have a hard time thinking what those things that would be. I guess would yeah. Star Wars and maybe transformers um i don't even know what i mean there's no way those would be good games though yeah you know the other thing that sets warzone apart at least a little bit is the vehicles now other Mm -hmm. battle royale shooters have vehicles but in this they're very intuitive like you can jump in a chopper and you're just flying a chopper like a lot of battle royales like or even like battlefield battlefield's Dude, fly, flying a helicopter in battlefield. battlefield. Oh, yeah, that's always been... <laughs> Forget some, it. Flying jet planes. Like, like, in this, everything is intuitive. You yeah, get the it. The planes are okay, but I remember even from the beginning, the, the helicopters in Battlefield were like, you need like a major It's like, that. why? Like, it's it's so easy in other games. Why do they make it so I difficult? I don't get it. It's always so weird. It's like, why yeah. is it like that? Yeah. And then like they do it, they, when they start doing campaigns, they kept the helicopter controls the same in the camp. I'm like, 
I don't have time to research the fucking control scheme. <laughs> I'm like scheme. trying to learn how to become a real helicopter pilot. Yeah. Like <laughs> in this, you jump in something, you immediately know how to use it, and that is an advantage that this has over a lot of other battle royales. It it has vehicles, others do as well, but they're just really intuitive in this, and it's also very easy to figure out like how to get into them with your teammates and how to jump around from different seats in the vehicle. Like everything is just very intuitive, and it works how you think it should work. And I think that is an advantage that this has. It has the vehicles, and people are going to be able to jump into them and know how to use them immediately. So if that's the type of player you are, or maybe you like Battlefield, and you're looking for a Battle Royale to play, then this is probably what you should be playing. Um, but a high-quality product, I really did not like the DMZ mode at all. Like, yeah, it just sneaky, was... I'm talking about a Star Wars game that's set in the Star Wars universe and does not involve flossing. What? He's saying there's already a Star Wars Battle Royale because Fortnite has Star Wars uh, stuff in it. I'm like, no, that's not the same thing. Yeah, there are over 30 Star Wars characters in Fortnite. Is there 30 already oh, in yeah, there? there's tons of oh them. Oh, my God. I mean, that is the probably the biggest, like, you want to talk about, like, Ready Player One style stuff. Like, Fortnite is there already. Yeah. Like, any, any imaginable character from almost any IP is going to be in there, and you can play them against everybody else. And, like, it's ridiculous. Yep. But to me, Apex Legends still the champ of the battle royale so if you're looking for one game that to was jump definitely into, the one that felt the best yeah. play in my surprise surprise from vince sampella who right. created the modern call of duty so not a surprise um so to me apex legends still won this is a close second though they did a really good job on it at least as far as the battle royale stuff is concerned i'm not a fan of the dmz stuff you don't have to play it if you don't want to it's free and it is way too hard it is hard as balls <laughs> and that's why i didn't enjoy it between the ai that were just crack shots like, you're just, like, walking along, and you're shot in the head, and you look, and there's some dude, like, 400 yards away. You're like, what? Really? You just shot me? Um, it just got really annoying and way too difficult. And then trying to extract with your stuff, there's always, like, that's when you run into the other humans, and they're just waiting there to sabotage you. I just... A lot of people didn't like the Dark Zone in the Division, and if you didn't like the Dark Zone in the Division, you're going to hate this for the same exact reasons. It's just brutal... And not as re not as rewarding as it should be when you do get away with your stuff. Like I did one time, manage to get in the chopper and get away with all my stuff, and it seriously, Matt, just sustained me for like two matches after that. And after two more matches, all the stuff that I had collected was gone, and I was right back where I started again. The, the payoff is not worth the pain. I guess is the best way that I could put it. So there you go. That's Call of Duty Warzone 2.0, free to play, and pretty much on every platform but Switch. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a surprise game of the year candidate, Matt. Mm -hmm. Came out of nowhere. We, we, well, it we didn't were, come out of nowhere. We knew it was Well, we coming. knew it was coming, but we were kind of joking about it. We're like, that is Microsoft's only first-party game for the fourth quarter. Well, I kind of thought it looked cool, and you were baffled by the fact that I thought that. Yeah, I mean, I thought the art looked cool, but the game itself I was baffled by. I'm like, what the hell is this thing? And that game is Pentiment, and it has been getting, like, tens across, mm -hmm. <laughs> across the board. It is a choose-your-own-adventure narrative-driven game. Um, by Obsidian. That's important. By Obsidian, which is important. Um, creators of the Fallout franchise, some of the Fallout games. Um, they're working on Avowed um, right now. Tour 2, Pillars of Eternity. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. They have the pedigree yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, but this one, there's no combat in this game. Nope. Very little gameplay, really, at all. You I mean, just it's a, it's you run a, around. Just a story-driven game, really. Yeah, it's, you it's just bit, make your choices and... Bit of a timer on it in times, but... 
Yeah. Like, there's only so many things you can do before the section of the day you're in ends. Yeah. As we just found out with uh, New Tales from the Borderlands, it does really feel like this genre, as far as the mechanics of it, have really has really become dry. Because this doesn't really introduce any new mechanics. I think what makes this special is, one, the setting. Mm-hmm. Because it's set, what, in the, in 16th century Bavaria? Yes. 15, in this little hamlet that I've never heard of in my life. And neither have several of the people there. Right. Before they <laughs> oh, got that's there. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's an odd time period to set a video game. When you think about the average game player is the 18 to 34 year old mm-hmm. male. This seems like a very strange choice for a setting in a the game. The average game player is more around a 48 year old. They're getting point. older now. Yeah. Like the average game age is basically our age as we continue to age. Yeah. It's always been true. Yeah, it, you're you're kind of right actually. We're we're the mean for some reason. I think at a certain point that's we're just end. we're just at the right age because <laughs> yeah. it it probably ends at some point. But basically, like because we because everyone plays games after us. Yeah, we are the last, now everyone plays games. We're the last generation with anyone who wouldn't play who wouldn't play games. games. Yeah. Now you're weird if you don't. Now you're right. So yeah, yeah so that's we were the weirdos before though. Yeah. <laughs> that's the crazy part about it. And even the people that thought it was weird to play games all the time, a lot of those people don't play games. So yeah. The phone really changed that. Yep, absolutely. Um, so this, as we said, is set during the 16th century in Europe, in Bavaria. And Europe is kind of at a crossroads. It's like religion, politics, how women are treated. Everything mm-hmm. is starting to change and evolve. Yeah, it's the it's the cusp of the Renaissance and the and the, the, the waning of the Middle Ages, sort of as they sort of are about to give way to like what will eventually, uh, a couple centuries later, become the Enlightenment. Like people are starting to read more, yeah. Literacy, Just learning how to read. Literacy <laughs> is becoming less uncommon, um, and the know. more common it be- it becomes, the more the the cl- the yeah. the tropes of religion and politics are challenged. Yeah, and most importantly, it's right around the time that Martin Luther wrote his ninety five mm-hmm. theses. So the idea of questioning the Catholic Church is sort of a big intellectual question now yeah and because a lot of the action in this is set around an uh, a monastery because your your character andreas is a basically he's an artist and he is working on his masterpiece which used to mean basically you'd complete your master's degree and you had to do a piece that proved you were worthy of a master's degree that was your masterpiece right it was not the best thing you made your whole life yeah it was the thing that made you a master of the craft Mm -hmm. and so that's what you're working on but you're also basically illustrating copied manuscripts at the ab at the abbey for money because that's your job because there's so, no kinkos yeah because because uh, you know you're working in an in an a, in a monastery with a bunch of other, bunch of monks you're not a monk but everybody yeah. else is a monk and you're sort of caught up in the politics of that and like a noble visits and he's you know he's interested in martin luther other ideas and the end and he's a big patron of this monastery but the he's paying the, one of the monks yeah. to is it write his manuscript or something copy of manuscript but also custom do the so basically he's he's having a book he wants copied but also has custom illustrations in it right as, you know in the illuminated manuscript. but he wants it in a certain new kind of style and he's not happy with what's that so it, but he like meets you and thinks you're interesting because you're educated the same way he is so there's sort of a thing where early on it's like oh andreas can do it and the well, monks, he, so the he has monks a monk working on it yeah and he doesn't want that monk to work he doesn't on like it the work he's doing because he's an old monk who has an old style and stuff right. so he asks for you to do it and you know no matter what you choose you agree you you end up, end doing, up doing it, it. yeah um and which the, means the old monk the old monks the, no, the one old the old monk is fine with it yeah. he's, he's your friend yeah. but the 
monks that run the monastery are like not happy about it because they don't consider you one of them. Right. They, they think of you being there as a favor to you. Right. And now you're using. And now you're them. taking their work. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing. And there's a lot of weird shit. You know, there's like different relationships with all the people in the village. There's like, you know, you're you're the 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 people you're staying with want their rent early and like it's you have to come up with the rent you somehow. You have to find a way to do that and like you know how to do that. You got to get the monk who pays you to pay you early and to do that you got to butter him up for a certain thing. If you say the wrong thing about the thing he's interested in, he yeah. won't be as open to that. It's there's a lot of well, then know, the main plot twist is the guy who is commissioning the monk to recreate the book and and fires him and, and hires you to do it is murdered. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they think it's the old monk because yeah. he had taken him off the project and put you on the project. But the monk is, like, your best friend. Yeah, and you know that And he you didn't know there's care. no way in hell that he did it. And that is what the whole game is about. Mm-hmm. It becomes a murder mystery that goes on for 25 years. <laughs> yep. 25 years this murder mystery lasts in this game. You can't say it's not epic. <laughs> <laughs> it's... And... Like you follow Andreas through his whole life, yeah. basically, and he's coping with this thing his whole life. He comes to Creed, leaves this air, the area, yeah. and goes and has this whole other, and he still is grappling mm-hmm. with this mystery. And you do get to pick kind of who his he is in his background, yep. like so. Some of the well. question, the Q and A you saw earlier with kind of the big Ophi dude. That's where you choose like who he is, like, yeah, like what where does he really you care from? about, where he's from, where he's from, like where he visited during his education or when his his, during his wander year. Like it, wait, so that determines what languages he can read and speak and kind of something. And then like you, you can choose uh, what he majored in. So like my my Andreas uh, studied theology and um, occultism. Oh. <laughs> so he knows everything there is to know about yeah. Catholicism and how not to be a Catholic. Yeah. Um, and so like there's things where like he'll be able to, you know, sometimes you'll be able to read like he 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 can speak my guy my Andreas can read and speak French so he can read French manuscripts. Yeah, mine like, speaks Italian. Yeah, so, so you would not yeah. be able to read what that says without help. Yeah, but I don't need care. So, but then like another time I ran into a thing that was in Greek and I couldn't read it. Yeah, see, my guy so. reads Italian and some Greek, and so that stuff my guy is able to read. Like. Mm-hmm. There is also a, like a thing where you'll see how the, the, the word bubbles are working there. Like everybody's got a different, like a bunch of different styles of script. Yeah. And like some, I've, I noticed that once, sometimes if you, if you get in good enough with another character, their script style will switch to match yours. Oh, really? Like, so I like you're, it's a, it's just, I think it's a joke. I think it's literally a pun about being on the same page as each other. <laughs> but That's funny. Because it's being written out and there, there will be spelling errors. Yeah. And if you you can click through it pretty fast, but if you wait a little bit on a spelling error, it'll get corrected. Yeah, like they'll erase it I and like fix that, it. Yeah. And in my head, knowing I'm sitting, I'm like, there's going to be a thing at the end of the game where if you made too, <laughs> if you let too many typos go by without waiting for them to be corrected, you're going to get penalized for that. <laughs> I know that's coming. That's I mean, I'll say this: there. like the game, the decisions that you make, the choices that you make have a profound impact. Yeah, the, cas- what happens. the cascade effect of the choices in this is astounding. Yeah, like C- I mean, coming off of New it, Tales from the Borderlands, where I could not detect yeah. any of that. No, this this changes stuff both immediately and like hours later. Yeah, like it, it's and you're like, oh yeah, and like it's and like you know, like you can. I mean, you can play this as a pretty kind of modern progressive character, or he's like, I don't believe the church stuff. Like we should never burn a book. We should never do. You can That'll play screw it, you though. And they, you are, yeah, you are not aligned with the culture of the time. No one will you talk are to you. Gonna be in They'll trouble. blow you off. They won't work with you. There's definitely big consequences yeah, for you, the decisions you, you make. You cannot 
flatter a nun in the Middle Ages yeah. enough to get her to give you the book you want. There's, there's, and it, it is interesting. Like, you come across a lot of women, and they're like, you're not supposed to be talking to me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not allowed to talk to men in the daylight or whatever. Like, and so you are seeing, like, modern society for the time evolving and changing and growing, and you're kind of mm-hmm. caught in the middle. And as you said, you can choose. Do you want to be the progressive person who is like, yeah, this stuff that the church is saying is crazy and it's nuts that yeah, a woman that, can't talk to a man in that's daylight. That's, of course, a good way to get hung it, right. at the time. You, so. you pay consequences for it. Yeah. In this game as well, you do. So the there's your masterpiece, by the way. This is what, yeah, you're, working what you're working on. on. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of consequence for what you do in this game. However, Matt, I would just say, like, I found this game to be pretty boring. The setting, the, you really have to read the text closely. A you lot have of to pay attention. And a the, lot of the names, like you have to remember, like who people are, mm-hmm. and like I felt, I just it felt like work yeah, playing. There, this there game. are usually like if you see something underlined or in red or whatever, and you hit you hit you hit back. I think it is, and it, it'll give you a little little dictionary entry on what it is. Either yeah. either a historical concept or a character in the game. Uh, so there there is there there is resources to kind of keep up with that without memorizing everything. Um, but yeah, it is a very, you know, it demands a lot from the player. Like down, you see down there, the little thought bubble, you can yeah. go down there and like you, you do have a bunch of ancient, uh, of like classical philosophers in your head mm-hmm. who you, you see in dreams and you can get like advice from Socrates yep. if you need it and yep. stuff and like, it'll give you ideas of like how people will, re- it'll give you ideas of how people will react to the choices you have available. But sometimes it's that character's. It, sometimes it's the it's the philosopher in your head's angle on what it is, and they're not always correct. Yeah. So you're always like the 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 crux of this game is is understanding and interpreting points of view. Yeah. Constantly. This game also makes you make uncomfortable decisions. So at the end of the first act, you are forced to accuse someone of the murder, and I was mm-hmm. like. I'm not prepared to accuse anybody of this murder. I don't have. I didn't feel like I had even half of the facts that I needed to. But the game makes you do it, and that that trickles down yeah. like, like later is, on. Which is a change because most of the time when that kind of thing is presented to you before that, you have the option of staying quiet, right, and just saying nothing. And a lot but of sometimes times, it's the staying best quiet is absolutely <laughs> the correct choice if you don't want to like get absolutely. yelled at by somebody. Yeah, I, I don't know. I found this because you are not in a position of power. No, in this game, no, you're all. the you're the new guy in town. Yeah. For the most part, you should just keep your mouth shut and just keep your head down. Yeah, because it's like the the noble guy who gets killed thinks you're you know thinks you're pretty cool, right. And like appreciates what you know. And because you're traveled and, and you went to college. But the, and... but the people you're working for don't give a shit. Yeah, like, they think you're basically a heretic. Yeah, for, for the most part. A lot of times I felt playing this, I felt like I was playing a yeah. really boring Disco Elysium. There is there is some disco. I don't think this game is boring at all. I think it's, really? I think it's very very good. Um, I have not really enjoyed. I playing. think it's very interesting. Uh, but I like. I can appreciate. I like what's history happening. and I like that kind of inter- and and you know, Obsidian is very good at sort of, you know, just human interaction consequence stuff. Yeah. Um, is it? It's not as dynamic as like your average you know kind of walking simulator story driven thing like a tales from the borderlands kind of thing like obviously it doesn't look that good but the art style they're going for they get a lot of expression out of it um it's a little small it's like, like seeing the tiny faces and like they do have a lot of expression on those faces if you if you look closely enough i like the art style and the graphics yeah. it's it no game looks like this no and it's, it's hard to say that in 2022 yeah at least the the, the good reviews at least prove you know I, I like that in the sense that it's like you know you 
you hear all the refrains like, oh, innovation, everything's, all the games are the same now, innovation, well, at least like they appreciate the, the innovation or the originality here, and it's not one of those like, well, no, not like that. <laughs> well, also, like, the, I mean, I also would say that like the consequences for your decisions in this are kind of innovative. Like yeah. there aren't a lot of narrative-driven games that really immediately you see the results of your yeah. decisions and it and keeps a, yeah. piling on and there's a lot go. of stuff where it's like oh i didn't expect that was what was a, that would lead to but yeah. then when you take into account the people and the characters involved you're like yeah that does make sense that mm-hmm. that's how that would work out yeah but you just there's no way to it's so it has so many moving parts in in terms of how many people are involved and how many points of view are involved that it's very hard to have predicted that yeah and even then when you go because there's a couple times like say like say you're talking to someone like the early, I think the earliest example of this is the nun who controls the books. Yeah, lends the books out. Yeah, you want us, you want her to tell you something about the noble guy. Yeah, because like, she seems to know who he is, mm-hmm. and but so she makes you bring all these books back to her, and you talk about the books, and she has very strong, you know, kind of rather puritanical opinions on these books and you can argue with her and mm-hmm. you can have but your own she'll opinion. cut you off but if you if you go too far she'll say like, i'm not inclined to help you anymore then you can try to convince her to still help you but the convincing you get a little window yeah and it says here's your likelihood of convincing her and here's all the reasons why you got positive and negative through this whole conversation about what you said about all these things yeah. and you're like you get the oh, feedback wow. immediately and, and then it I, helps. Once, and when i saw that i'm like you know what i'm gonna re-, and i looked at the autosave and it was like 10 minutes earlier so i'm like okay cl- clearly it autosaved before this conversation with her so i'm gonna go back and try that again and honestly even knowing what it wanted me to do to like butter her up or whatever it was very hard to pick to not go a different <laughs> route with that because this is like no i just don't, I just don't agree with that, that. Yeah. i don't agree with it i can't do that <laughs> yeah Look, I, this game is finely crafted. I talk about craftsmanship a lot here on Game Face, and the craftsmanship in this is great. Yeah, the the the, the di- like the tree like the dialogue decision consequence tree for this game must be the size of a football. I can't field. even fathom. Like it's yeah. it's a, like that document must be gigantic. Yeah. They must have really good custom software for tracking that kind of thing. Yeah, I just found the um, the setting and the characters and I just found it boring. Yeah, if you don't if you don't find the the setting or the, the the time period or sort of the politics of the time interesting, the historical element of it interesting, it's not going to do anything to hook you. It's and you. Usually I do. I mean, for instance, I just went to Greece because I love history. Like when I go on vacations, I go someplace where I can learn about history. But for whatever reason, mm-hmm. this era, this setting for this game just hasn't clicked with me. But at the same I mean, time, it's a very depressing part of it. Kind history. of is. Yeah. yeah. It's not an upper of a game. No, it's not. Everyone's sort of sad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I felt sad playing it. Yeah. It's, and it's I was a... like, I don't want to feel this. Like I just. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. I'm just I was at the wrong place or someplace mentally I don't know but um, I did not really enjoy playing this I can appreciate what's gone into the game and I can say this is probably the best narrative like choice driven game I've played in quite a while mm-hmm. while at the same time saying it's just not for me yeah, really. this is this is definitely the best narrative I've seen in a game since Disco Elysium yeah like if you like Disco Elysium this has that level yep. of complexity total and same vibe yep Yep, I totally get that as well. Um, it's and the, not as funny. No, no. Not there's some all. humor in it, though. But there's, there's some there. stuff. It yeah. is. Uh, but the thing is, this if you are a member of Game Pass, this game is also free on Game Pass. Yeah, this is a pro Game Pass in Saul, for yeah. sure. This is, this is what you have Game Pass for. <laughs> also, I think this is a really nice example of, like, like, this is one of the first things that Obsidian's put out 
under its ownership being owned by Microsoft and the fact that Microsoft like let this come out. Well, they, reportedly Obsidian has been pitching this for, for years ever, yeah. and years and years. But like the fact that Microsoft's like, oh, yeah, do sure. it. Go for it. That's a good sign. Like that's cool. Like yeah. you know, the, the, the idea that, that the Xbox Studios is willing to let this exist alongside Avowed is a very good indicator. I me. agree. Uh, so it's a very specific type of game, I think, for a very specific type of player mm-hmm. for a very specific time for that player as well. Yeah, it also kept reminding me of there's... I can never remember the title of it, but there are two point-and-click adventure puzzle games on Steam that I have that are based on, like, medieval tapestries and, like, Hieronymus Bosch stuff and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I can't remember what they're called, but it reminded me of that. It reminded me of them. Like, it's... it's, Because they they use the art style, and so everybody's kind of done, like, a paper doll, almost. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Hmm. I don't remember either. Someone in chat maybe will come yeah. up with it. No, it's sneaky. It's not like Xbox doesn't have anything else to release because this isn't going to move any needles. Yeah. This, this is just a gift to people who have yeah. Game Pass, basically. This is not going to help in sale. Like, yeah. This I is going to be a horrible ta- Q4 for Xbox. It might get talked about because... Um, uh, it might get talked about because... Um, it got ridiculous game sc- yeah. review it's, scores. It's, yeah, it's but I don't think anybody thought that was yeah. coming. Yeah, I don't think Xbox. I don't think Microsoft was like, "Oh, this will get us some game of the year hype." It's like, no, no that's, that that was not. It's a, also, I don't think it's even. It wasn't made to drive subscriptions for, for Game Pass. Either. Yeah, four last things. That's the game. Uh, four last things. Four last things on Steam is like it's. Who like, came up with that? Pharaoh Doll. Pharaoh Doll. That was that was like Thank mid, it's like medieval um, medieval tapestry point and click. Like, I've never even heard of it. They're, it's it's funny. It's, yeah. it's got a little Monty Python to it. Oh, then I probably um, like it. Also, there's some funny thing, you know, because remember uh, Procession of Cal- Calvary. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the yeah. other one. I, yeah. I know that game. That yeah. was the sequel. Oh, okay. And um, so, and this one, I mean, there's some funny. You know, look, the, if you ever actually go look at some of the illuminated manuscripts that these monks did back then, these guys were bored. Like, yeah, like there's some stuff like there, you know, people playing trumpets with their ass and like, yep. you know, cats, <laughs> cats like chasing mice on their hind legs. Yeah, and, like, we, we are men, you know, men jousting on snails. Like, and the art style in this game is very much yeah in line with. I mean, <laughs> the stuff that they're the monks are carving in this game look like the art style of the game. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this is. I mean, they basically created the art style based upon the plates that those monks were making back yeah. then. It's de- again. There's no other game that really looks like it. So yeah, it looks it looks nice. Yeah, like they, they did it's a job. it's a special game for people with a very specific taste in games. But again, if you're subscribing to Game Pass, it's there, downloaded. It's a very small download, um, so it's available for Xbox and PC, and it will never be available for anything else because yeah, Obsidian is owned by Microsoft. Yeah. Although Microsoft is, oh yeah, you never know. Like Microsoft could there. throw that on the Switch and yeah. not, you know, that, that's yeah, it would, it would be a good fit on Switch. It would fit on this. Well, I mean, actually, actually I wouldn't want to play that on that sc- the tiny screen, really. But yeah, it'd be hard to read. Maybe they have to make. Some there tweets. is also an option at the very beginning where if you don't want to, if you have trouble reading all the different script fonts, you can just switch it to normal fonts. I did that actually. I did not. I kept, I kept the fancy fonts. <laughs> I looked at the left and I was like, oh, that's that's too much work. And I was like, I looked at the right. I'm like, I can read that easily. Choosing the right. But anyway, there you go. That's Pentiment. It's available for Xbox and PC. I didn't even check to see how much it costs if you want to buy it. Uh, I don't. Neither did I. I, I would, would pay. I would guess twenty. I would pay ten for it. Oh, twenty is a good price for this. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I would pay ten. Uh, so there you go. That is Pentiment. Next up, an announcement that made me very, very excited this week, and then this morning, a little bit of water was poured on it. <laughs> that is that Team Ninja announced at. 
a convention called G-Star, that it is working on reboots of both the Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive franchises. And I was like, hot damn, finally. We've, how many times have we talked about it, this, Matt? Well, like, why does Team Ninja keep launching the, this new IP that kind of looked like the last new IP that they launched when they have this massive franchise sitting there that they could dust off and make a great mm. game around? Two, two reasons. It's not a massive franchise because it's ancient and nobody remembers it. B, they cannot make a great Ninja Gaiden game because the people who made a great Ninja Gaiden game don't work there anymore. That's quite possible. And maybe they are afraid. I do not ever want to see them try to do Ninja Gaiden. Again. Really? They will never make anything <laughs> as good as that original game or the sequel. Ninja Gaiden 3 sucked. Um, it did. They, I don't, no. So, leave it alone. Ninja Gaiden 3 was 2012. There is nothing it's about... It's been 10 Nin years since a Ninja Gaiden Good. Game. Let's make it 20. <laughs> You're done. Not everything needs to live forever. Like, Ninja Gaiden had its day. You know, Itagaki made some good shit there. Itagaki's gone. All those people are gone. Team Ninja doesn't really make the same quality stuff anymore. Just leave it alone. I disagree. I want more. <laughs> you want more mediocrity and garbage? They only, made, they only took one shot at it. And I look at the games that Team Ninja has made since then, and I have total faith that they can make a good Ninja Gaiden. I don't. I do. The combat in their games has been amazing, and that's what Ninja the combat Gaiden's in their game about. has games have been different. I don't believe they can make combat like this again. I Neo do. is not this. No, I agree, but I think they have a they have good design principles in their games. I think they have good combat systems in their games. I don't think there's any reason why they couldn't make Ninja Gaiden work. So I am very very excited by this. However, this morning Team Ninja announces or comes out on the record and says, "Oh, whoa, 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 slow your roll there." Um, we just mentioned that in Jeff, but it's a bunch of nonsense, Matt, because they, there was a slide in their presentation at G-Star 2022 that had Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive in the slide, and it said right in the slide, reboots of popular series. Also, the person who was giving the presentation was the studio head, Fumuhiko Yasuda. Like, if there, nobody knows better than him what they're working on and what they're doing. So I did not believe this crap today that came out where their spokesperson was like, no, 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 slow your roll. I absolutely do believe that another Ninja Gaiden is on the way. That's also, too bad. What'd you say? That's too bad. Why? Because it's going to be a bad game. Why do you believe that, though? I don't because, get it. Because, because nothing... Because they made one bad game 10 years ago. Because nothing will, make, will match the original game, and it's inevitably going to be a disappointment. And it's probably going to be a Souls-like. It's probably going to have a stamina bar, and I don't care. Now, that would suck. But I don't think they already have two of those. They just have, they have another IP coming out. This might as well be freaking Neo 3. Like, they don't need a third franchise that plays exactly like the other two. I don't think they would do that with Ninja Gaiden, man. I just don't think they would. Like, it, that, that, that's not what the franchise is. Like, this is what the franchise is. Like lightning fast combat with that require yeah, like there's a bunch of stuff the franchise isn't that was in Ninja Gaiden three right so like I, I agree with you Ninja Gaiden three is ter is a terrible game even after they kind of took it back and redid it it was still terrible mm. the people who made this series this franchise re and this was a reboot in itself but like mm -hmm. the people who made this what it was are gone like I don't I don't see the need to revisit this it's just it's just gonna be sad. Well, I want Re it. Reboot Dead or Alive. <laughs> Reboot Dead or Alive. That's it's an easier thing. Well, here's the thing, Matt. Dead or Alive, the last one came out in 2019. It hasn't even been that long. Dead or Alive 6 is only three years old at yeah, this point. Nobody, I forgot that, that that even happened. 
It's hard well, to believe. It was, well, because it's that stupid free-to-play thing, and so like you had to buy all. It was like two hundred dollars to buy everything. It was uh, yeah. That was, I ignored that game. Well, yeah, it ended up be going free-to-play, and they just ended up making tons of money off of bikini costumes yeah. for the next like two years or whatever. What do you think that they need to do to get her alive, to make it relevant in? Because it's not coming out for a couple years. So let's say twenty twenty-five. What is mm-hmm. what is going to make a fighting game relevant? Because that's I what mean, they have I to do. I think they got to look at Tekken. And not make it play like Tekken, but look at what Tekken does, what Tekken presents, how Tekken presents itself, what Tekken, you know, has made people expect from a 3D fighting game, and do that, basically. Like, you know, that, I think that's your angle. Is, I mean, it kind of is similar to Tekken already. It is, but it's it's not similar to Tekken in terms of what they the presentation and what they offer in the game. All the mode Tekken Seven has more modes and more. You yeah. know, there's so much stuff to do in that game. It's not just a versus game with an online mode. You know, one thing that's different about Dead or Alive is that the arenas, other than gigantic boobs, is that the arenas are kind of a character on their own. Yeah. Like, but Tekken has done stuff like that now. Yeah, like, like they have bust, like you can bust out of sections of yeah. the, the and levels the, and. Fight. And unfortunately, the the arena styles in uh, Dead or Alive are one of the things that has always held it back in the competitive scene because they make it too random. Yeah, like you can lose too much health falling down a cliff in this game off of one hit, and people don't like that. Or an electrified ring. Yeah. Like, but that's a that's a part of the mechanics in this is using right, but the ring not, to bounce the opponent off of. Right, the, it's almost it's, like a weird kind of. But it's juggle. not balanced. It's not balanced remotely. Like you can lose, and there's there's some dead or alive games where you can lose three quarters of your health off of one environmental hit. Yeah, it's and true. like Tekken knows not to do that. Yeah, Tekken knows like you can you can break through the walls and you can do you know but, you know there's a ring out stuff sometimes like. But, like, that is not what anybody wants from this kind of thing. Bounce, wall bounces are one thing. That's always been part of 3D fighting. But, like... They're a big part of this franchise, though. Oh, yeah. But like, a lot of the, the rings, too, are really small. Right. But like what I'm saying is, like, you, gotta, you can have those big moments, but you have to stop making them hurt you. Yeah. You, they have to just be cosmetic. Or just really lower the damage. You can somewhat lower the damage. But, like, generally, people do not want environmental damage on a 3D fighter. They hmm. It's that has always been even the thing. in a 3D fighter where that's a big part of the game. Yeah, because it's never balanced right. Yeah, it's, 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 but that it's, can be done. They can do it. That they're not going to. <laughs> and and even if they try, they have such a dour attitude towards Team Ninja. You think that they're not going to do anything? Team Ninja is not what Team Ninja once was, and Team Ninja has never. Some cared people would about. argue they're making better games now than they ever have. Those people are wrong. <laughs> but like. Th- you know the the solution traditionally has been about half the stages in a given dead or alive game have been banned in in competition. No, that's true. Yeah. So you're just stuck playing like the boring. I'm not little, saying that you're wrong rings. about their prior games. I just I just don't have this defeatist attitude that they can't fix anything. I I it's not just the this sense of not fixing anything. It's the sense that no one will give it a chance. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. It does seem like DOA six did not sell well out of the gate, and they were forced to oh, kind of go. It was a disaster. Yeah, it was kind of forced to go free to play. Yeah. Um, so this franchise, you're right, it probably is in need of some massive changes to make it palatable to where people mm-hmm. will pay for it again. But at the same time, Team Ninja made so much damn money off of all the bikini outfits and crap off of this. It may be free to play out of the gate now. Yeah, I mean, you can still sell bikinis all the time if you want. Yeah. Obviously. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I like the Dead or Alive mechanics. I like the counter system. I like kind of the, the rock, paper, scissors counter system they have. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't dig that. It's also very hard to work make work online properly because the timing is split second most of the time. Yeah. Um, the potential there, like way more potential to make something worthwhile than I think Ninja Gaiden has. Um, I mean, you do still get Ryu Hayabusa in here. Yep. Um, 
It's the well, only place you do get him. Yeah, these days. <laughs> Sadly, it's the only place where you can ever find him. So let's do the same thing. Let's retcon Ninja Gaiden. What do you think that they need to do with Ninja Gaiden to make it viable in 2025? Nothing. I don't have I don't have a plan for Ninja Gaiden because they can never match the original two. So I don't see the point in trying. Huh. Make something new. Make something new that, that makes as big a wave and big a, big a splash as Ninja Gaiden 1 did on the Xbox. I mean, I would argue that it doesn't need to change that much because there aren't games like this anymore. The closest thing is probably Devil May Cry. Somewhat. But it's this is still different. Like, this is all about, like, samurai sword combat. Like, there just aren't games that have such a narrow focus anymore, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, look, the story and stuff in these games, never good. Even Ninja Gaiden 1 or 2, the plot in both of them is just dumb. Like, at least the first one didn't try to become overwrought with plot. Like, by the second Ninja Gaiden, like, Itagaki was like, oh, okay, where these games are headed, they need to be cinematic, and they need to have a big plot, and they need to have, like, a cinema every, like, ten minutes. This one was way more pure. This was just like, here's a very flimsy framework that you mm. that needs to motivate you to chop up this next section of bad guys. But, and it was just and here a, are some cryptic cutscenes that don't really tell you all that much. Yeah, just enough like of you know glimpses into whatever this world was that you're like, all right, sure. It's kind of like a kung fu uh, movie in some ways. Somewhat, but also like you know early on you're like, okay, they're in an ancient village sort of thing, and then oh no, oh, no we're on a, we're in an airship, and that guy is a cyborg with a laser gun. So I guess okay, so we're in modern times, yeah. and now we're okay. I don't you know. It was just it was just weird and it was sort of like it, it worked in the way that like the the merchant worked in resident evil 4 it was just like all right i'm just gonna accept this this, yeah. this is just how it is apparently yeah you know? um and and i see someone in chat saying this isn't a sam i'm not i didn't say this was the samurai game they use samurai swords that's well, all use, i said they well, use ninja people swords. just nitpick like crazy well they use ninja swords samurai wouldn't use that sword no they use samurai swords and because i shot with samurai swords for two days straight with team ninja to record that documentary i literally sat in a dark room for two days with samurai swords <laughs> shooting the swords while he stood looking over my shoulder bitching that the sword didn't look right <laughs> in the light i was i've never seen anything in my life matt See, like no, this. nobody at team ninja now would put that care into that no I agree with you a thousand percent. I would. I will never shoot two days with four swords in a dark room ever again in my <laughs> life. <laughs> like if you watch that documentary, you'll see it. Like we shoot the swords, and there's a shot where Yosuke Hayashi like takes pulls the samurai sword and draws it like across his face, and that kicks off the whole documentary. We shot two days for like ninety seconds of that documentary because he was such a stickler about his samurai swords. It's just like, and then he was really picky about who touched him and how they touched him. Like our camera guy, our lighting guy, we're trying to adjust him. He's like, "Don't touch him." I'm like, "Dude, it was one." I mean, of the some ones. of those things were probably hundreds of years old. They were, yeah, and we respected it. Like we totally respected what he was saying, but we were like, "Dude, we got to do our job." Like, it's it was a bizarre, bizarre couple weeks shooting with those guys. I, look, I do think Ninja Guy and absolutely has an opportunity to be relevant in 2025 but i would argue that they don't need to change it too much that would be the big mistake is changing it too much from what they found with this first reboot right here and staying away from what they started drifting towards with ninja gaiden 2 and then just completely forget ninja gaiden 3 but i think that there's still a market for this franchise and 
dead or alive, as long as the girls have big boobs, there's always going to be a market for it. So um, I think both these franchises are still viable. Um, I think Dead or Alive probably needs more changes than this does for it to stay relevant. But again, if their whole tactic is like, let's just make it free to play, and you look at a game like Multiversus, which is just rolling in the dough, being free to play, there's a lot of case studies out there to help Team Ninja pull the trigger on a free to play version of Dead or Alive out of the gate instead of trying to sell it and then falling on their face and being like, oh gosh, now I need to change it to free to play. I think the messaging is better if you know that right from the beginning as well. So um, I hope that Ninja Gaiden isn't dead. It is still one of my favorite action franchises. Um, I would like to see what they can do with it in the modern age with modern technology. Um, Team Ninja's games still do look pretty good. They used to be like the best looking games on the market. Do you remember that? Somewhat. I mean, they always had a, they had a look to them. Yep. Very crisp, very clean, and very fast. A little, little too smooth. In Frame places. rates always pegged at sixty. Like there's like something the, for those games still. I somewhat. Think. I I never liked the way they did skin. The 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 characters always looked a little too anim, anime. Yeah, or they look like action figures. They look, yeah, they look like action figures. Or they look like cartoons. Yeah. And sometimes that does. Sometimes to the point that they don't even match the backgrounds. Yeah. Um. Dead or Alive has more of a problem with that than Ninja Gaiden did. Well, it's also crazy just looking at how simple the visuals are in this. Like, mm-hmm. and how simple the level design is. Right, but that's part of the why it works. Yeah. And, like, there's no way in hell a reboot of this today would know that and understand that and do that. It's going to be over-complicated, over-processed nonsense. I just don't, I don't trust it. I don't trust them at all. Like, make something else that isn't going to carry that kind of baggage with the people that care about it and has no appeal to people who don't care about it. Because I think the the market for that... One of the reasons they don't make games like this anymore is because no, nobody cares. Like, they're, they're, they're not popular. Well, I think nobody cared because the last two games they pretty much botched. <laughs> they, had, they hit it. It's very rare for them to knock it out of the park on the first pitch. But that's what they did with this franchise mm-hmm. in 3D. Right, but other people don't make these games either. Right, like the, the the kind of the 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 intense action game kind of vanished because it's not what anybody wanted. Yeah, well, it's been taken over by everything became an RPG hybrid. Yeah, or it's been taken over by hard games that are hard in a different kind of way, like Dark Souls, right. things like I that. I think a similar audience is interested in Dark Souls, but I I think most people from from that, that <laughs> really I think most people who are are very focused or obsessed on the from stuff. Uh, would consider kind of a return to Ninja Gaiden as more as a step backwards. Yeah. Like, I think you'd have a hard time getting people to do this again because they'd find it too simple. But if you make this too complex, you lose what makes that Ninja Gaiden Ninja Gaiden, and you've no longer made, like, a successor to what we liked. And that's kind of why I'm less like, I don't see the point of going over this again and again with, with whatever Team Ninja happens to be now, because whatever you make is not going to be satisfactory to either the current market or the people who want this throwback. It's 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 a losing battle. And I, I have more faith, Kyle. I don't know why. <laughs> like because Team Ninja's made some good games. Years and years ago. No, what if, you what? don't think Neo's a good game? I think it's okay, but I never got very far in it because it's too hard. Too hard, too inaccessible. (laughs) Yeah, it's too hard. Um, I think they can still do it. Like I don't think the talent drain there. Like honestly, look at what Itagaki Itagaki took guys away with him, and look at the games that he made after that. Mm -hmm. They were awful. Yeah. So they didn't. They could have taken all the talent out of Team Ninja. There's still some people in there, and Hayaski, like Hashi, he knows what he's doing. He's worked through all of these Ninja Gaiden games with Itagaki. Like he was. 
basically the the next in command. That's what that whole documentary was about. Was about Itagaki passing the torch to Hayashi-san. So I think they can do it. I'm going to keep my mind open and hope that it that it will happen. And I do not believe what they said today that that was just him talking out of turn. You do not create a slide in a presentation for something that you're just like talking off the cuff about. It just doesn't happen. Unless he thinks that's his way of getting his way to do that. And everyone else was like, no, like we're not there, doing he's that. He's like, yes, because I'm the studio head. Studio head doesn't mean he's got the power. <laughs> the board of directors has the yeah, power. I know. I know. And I bet the board of directors thinks more like me than like you. Yeah. Because well, it's, if that is making a new Ninja guy, Den is an uphill battle with no advantages. There's just no way to win. I don't know. I think that versus Neo 3 or whatever. Make make something new. Make something new and interesting. I feel like they've been doing that. And like, it just, and they're not bad games. Make a new thing that is not the same thing you've made over and over again. Like, don't do another Souls game. Don't do another, you know, ninja action game. Think of something else. Like, part of the reason Devil's Third didn't work wasn't just that, like, you know, it, it was on trapped on terrible hardware. It was that, like, you've done this before. It was a terrible game. Like, the, it, like it, it, it was a terrible game, but it also f- didn't feel like it was being made by people who cared about what they were making. Yeah. Because it... it, it, it Sometimes you get a game or a movie or whatever, and you f- you can feel how bored the people who made it were making it. Mm-hmm. And Devil's Third felt like that to me, that no one believed in it. It was just... Except maybe Itagaki. Itagaki seemed to believe in it. I, I just think it was one of those games where Itagaki was like, I have all these things that I've thought about for the last 15 mm-hmm. years, and I'm going to put them all into this game. It's just uh, this, like this patchwork of mediocre ideas is the best way I can describe that mm-hmm. game. The characters, everything, the plot, like none of it was coherent and had like a a unified vision that they strove for and achieved. It was just like all the, it's like every dream he had for like a year straight, he just would write down when he woke up and I'm putting that in the game. And like, I don't care if it doesn't make sense within the context of the rest of the game. This is my game. It's what I'm putting in there. And it just was a disaster. Mm -hmm. But now if you own the Wii U version, it's worth like $600. So if you listened to me way back when, when I told you to go buy that game and never open it, you owe me. <laughs> you owe me a beer. Yeah, but but good, good luck finding someone to actually pay that price. But Yeah, I mean, that's what they're going for on eBay. You're only, the only people who but are they're gonna... sitting there priced at on eBay. Yeah. It's not what they're selling. For. The I, mean, only... I, ha- I have an unopened copy sitting downstairs. Yeah. Like I did, you know, I did that. I knew that was going to be. I had my friend from Canada go find me one and send it to me because i'm like yeah it's gonna be an important piece eventually the only people who are gonna pay that price for it are the people who want to have the entire every yeah the people the the nintendo collectors who collect everything and then there's like like, ten thousand of those in the world or whatever and you just gotta hope that eventually one of those people comes along like all right time to buy devil's third (laughs) (laughs) that's how it works though that's how the collecting scene works so there you go there you go anyway um, I think there's going to be reboots of Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive, um, but Matt seems to think that there won't be, at least not of Ninja Gaiden. No, I think Dead or Alive, you can do whatever the hell you want with that over and over, especially since it still seems to be functioning as a free-to-play you know, microtransaction game. Yep. Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden is a loser at this point. I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't see, I don't see the modern Ninja, Team Ninja being able to put something together that is so good and so compelling that it overcomes sort of the the skepticism of of the reboot of the reboot okay i just don't see it i disagree i'll try just, to just positive. go play the first one again it's gonna be that better, I would agree it's gonna with. be better than anything they make now yeah promise yep it still holds up yep uh justin orman says i have a copy but i opened it to play it for 30 minutes yeah. 
Um, Nolan Elric says, plenty of Devil's Third sales for $300 in the past month. Yeah. So it looks like if you want to sell it immediately, you can put it up for $300. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get premium price, yeah, it, we we use stuff is starting to get uh, you know collectors. Pro- I mean, the Wii U turned ten last yeah. week. Yeah, it's the first Nintendo console I don't have a big collection of stuff for. And then from then on, because mm-hmm. until that point, Nintendo would send me box copies of everything. And then like after the first like six months of the Wii U, they just started sending codes, and then yeah. that was it. That's all we get now. So my Nintendo collection pretty much stopped there. I think I have five box games for Switch. Total? Yeah, I have more than that, but not many. Not much more than that. I don't. Ha- I literally do not own a PS5 game. I own a lot. I do not own any physical PS5 games. I have games. 15 PS5 games, I think, somewhere around there. Yeah. I did. Uh, I did have Miles Morales because it came in the bundle. Right. But I gave it away to somebody else because no. I got a digital yeah. copy. Okay, it's time to move on to the most fun topic of today's show. It's time for our Turkey Awards, where Matt and I. Flash forward to 2026 when the Turkey Award is Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> That's possible. That could very well be possible. Um, where Matt and I pick three losers from 2022, three games, people, products, whatever, that pissed us off in 2022. And again, as I said at the top of the show, I do kind of hate sending you guys off on Thanksgiving holiday with Matt and I kind of complaining about stuff, but this is fun and kind of lighthearted. To remind you that there's other things to be thankful for. That's right. And in fact, if you're listening to this show right now, the archive of it, and you're flying on a plane, you're driving in a car, or you're on a train or whatever, on the way to see your relatives for Thanksgiving, this will be your one last dour note before you get together with the family and have the time of your life. And I hope you travel safely, and I hope you have a great time with your family. Uh, So as I said, Matt and I have both chosen three losers for our turkey awards matt what's your first one gotham knights gotham knights why am i not surprised by that at all Matt? what a shocker (laughs) this was almost as predictable as a bad ninja gaiden reboot (laughs) and probably plays somewhat similar to it um yeah, this game. I mean, I, I can't, it's hard to say I was disappointed by this game because I knew. <laughs> yeah, I think we what, had a good idea. It wasn't going to yeah, be excellent. We, I think at for least. the very beginning, we knew this was not yeah. shaping up to be. A, the instant I saw level numbers over the enemies yeah. I, in that first, <laughs> the first thing, the first time I saw combat, I yeah, knew. I was like, oh, this is bad. You could just see it was janky. We're just watching the combat. It's like janky combat plus. You're, I got level scaled enemies. Yeah. It's just like, oh no, no, not great. Yeah, um, I, I'm why, not surprised. Why does one of your why does this one guy robbing this bank take two punches to the face, and this other guy takes forty? Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why they didn't uh, scale the enemies in Pokemon Scarlet. Yeah, they make at least a little more sense than this. Like how many? It's like, yeah. look, Nightwing is as strong as Nightwing is. He can either punch a man out in two hits or he can punch him out in 13. Yeah. But it's not both. Yeah. Like a, people are tough in different ways, but that doesn't mean that you can take that many hits from an electrified nightstick <laughs> because you've been being a criminal longer, I guess. I don't know. Like I'm a level 15 mugger. I, what does that mean? Like That's stupid. Uh, Matt, I would, I would imagine if every podcast did the Turkey Awards that this game would end up I would think in so. every yeah. single episode. Somebody would pick it because it would the other thing too is that we waited so long for a Batman game. Yeah, that is the the real tragedy of this. Is we're like kind if, of back in the game. If we were well, other. if we were well, you know, supplied with good Batman content in games already, like it, this wouldn't be that annoying because you just it would just be a, a you know a low quality 
side game. Yeah. But this is the first like triple A quote unquote Batman game we've gotten since twenty fifteen. Yep. Yeah. And they give us this. <laughs> and then it's not like there's anything else to look forward to because Rockstay is gonna unload that suicide squad crap on us next Eventually. year. Eventually. Which probably will be better than this, but at the yeah. same time, like at least I care about playing three out of these four characters in a theoretical sense. Right. I don't want to play as anyone in Suicide Squad except maybe <laughs> Harley Quinn. What about the shark guy? What's the his shark? name? King Shark. King Shark. I think he's funny in the James Gunn movie, but I want to play as him. I don't like big bruiser guys. He just bite people's heads off. But not Superman's. Like, <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I'm, I hope they got some clever ways to kill some of these Justice League people. I'm kind of excited for that game a little bit i'm interested to see what it looks like because it's you know obviously next gen only in a yeah. way that this certainly isn't i mean i know this only came out on next gen systems but give me a break yeah um clearly that it was wasn't not the meant that intent. way from the beginning yeah. yeah and there are some nice like visual tricks in this game you know, here and there this, the, mm -hmm. the reflections are nice yeah, it's not the, an ugly game no it's not like yeah. i think some of the animation is not great but yeah. like um like overall there's some nice hardware tricks going on here um I do wish they'd figure out a way to make the capes work better. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's uh, it's it's annoying. It's very sad to me that this is what we got out of this instead of, like, like I said before, like, when we talked about it originally, like, this game is taking a lot more cues from Spider-Man than I expected it would. Yeah. Partly, I guess, because it's dealing with characters who are more agile than strong mm -hmm. compared to Batman. Um, but, like I said... How Batman plays in a video game is a solved problem now. Yeah. Batman plays like Arkham. Yeah. Even if you are not making an Arkham 4, if you are making a game about Batman, I don't care what you're doing, you better feel like playing Arkham. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, you can do whatever you want with Batman. You know, you make a Nightfall game, make a make a whatever game out of it. You know, the combat, make a Batman the animated ball. series game, whatever. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. Like, yeah, you know, and that's also sad. We're never gonna get another Batman game with Kevin Conroy. It is sad. Yeah, like it's, it's he looked really young still. He was really young. Yeah, he was like, what is he? Fifty eight. Yeah, fifty nine. It's awful, terrible. But uh, like, yeah, it's just. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with no, you giving Gotham Knights a turkey award. <laughs> no, this, this game doesn't have a lot of hardcore defenders, I've yeah. noticed, except every once in a while you see a Facebook group that's just dedicated to Batman shit, and no one knows that. No They're going to love everything matter. no matter what. Yeah. Yep. Okay. My first turkey award goes to Yuji Naka. <laughs> so, you guys may remember last year there was this god-awful game that Yuji Naka made called Balan Wonder World, Balan Wonder Wonderland. Wonderworld. Balan Wonder World. Yes. And... And you can't arrest him for that, unfortunately. Well, but you might have. The next maybe best we should have. So he, the game was terrible, and after it came out and it got terrible reviews and everybody hated it, and you can see why people hated it because it just it's, it's not, like it's someone not, it's not nice puked to look on the at. screen. Yeah. <laughs> he, he made up all these excuses about how Square Enix treated him poorly and shoved him out of development at the last minute. And I'll be honest with you, I was one of the people who kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt. I was like, you know what? Yuji Naka's done a lot in his career. He never really worked with Square Enix. My guess is, my best educated guess is, it probably was a mix of the two, but I would lean more on the side of Square Enix feeling like this game was going nowhere and telling him, it's time to wrap it up, buddy. Yeah. So I had a little bit, there's his name right there. I had a little bit of sympathy for him through the Balan Wonder, Wonder World thing. However, 
This week it has come out. My sympathy for him ran out after he made Billy, Billy Hatcher in the Giant. That's Age. where my love affair with Yuji Naka yeah, ended. Like, oh, you have bad ideas. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> like, you're not Miyamoto. Basically, no, no. that's when I realized. Okay, you two are not the it's same. Like, yeah, it's like it's like you're like Miyamoto's over here. His his vanity project personal thing is Pikmin, right? And yours is and this, this is right. Like okay, huge yeah. difference. You've, yeah. you have you have diverged yeah. from one another there. So I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. As it turns out, I was wrong for doing that, Matt, because this week. He was arrested, arrested for insider trading mm. because Square Enix was working on a mobile Dragon Quest game that he was privy to, and he and at least one other, Square, two other, two other, two other, guy, uh, two other Square Enix employees went and bought stock based upon the insider yeah, it was, information. It was, uh, the company that was contracted to make the game was a pretty small unknown developer and the three of them suddenly bought a lot of stock in that company right before the announcement yep and they got caught and they got arrested and now yuji naka may go to jail for <laughs> insider trading on a square enix mobile dragon quest game and all i gotta say is when i read that news i was like i was wrong about Balan yeah. wonderworld and, and, and why couldn't right. this have happened before Balan wonderworld had been finished right right exactly <laughs> and square enix knew all along that he was a bad egg and they were trying mm. to get him to wrap up that game to get him out of their company and he caught wind of this other stuff going on and i don't know is it possible that he's broke at this point i don't know i, don't know. I mean are those residuals still rolling in from the first three sonic games I, mean, I don't think they're like, residuals but i would <laughs> hope that like he was he invested wisely you would think but if you do something like this you seem to be pretty desperate so I don't know what's going on. Uh, desperation and greed are two different things. You're right. You're right. That's true. Um, and again, Yuji Naka is someone that I knew very early in my career. He seemed like a great guy. Like, I met him several times. He was like the nicest dude uh, very, you'd ever come into contact with. He's very, but, he's very calm. Yeah. But as it turns out, he's a criminal. And so Yuji Naka... Alleged. Alleged He's not criminal. convicted yet. Right. Good point. He is an alleged criminal. And so Yuji Naka earns my first turkey award for 2022. Matt, what's your second turkey award? Second one would be, uh, where is it? There it is. Babylon's Fall. <laughs> Speaking of Square Enix and bad choices. Yeah. Seems like there's um, been a lot this year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Square, I don't know what you're doing over there, but uh, between this and Balan Wonderworld, I'm really worried about what you keep greenlighting. Yep. Well, um, remember, Matt, they don't think that Western games are a smart strategy, and Western well, studios... Well, they changed their mind, though. They, they, they backtracked on that a few couple months ago. Oh, they did? They finally said, like, no, we, we've decided that we do need... I'm like, ah... <laughs> now that we've got rid of two great Western studios... Western studios, and we've also, like, put out all this garbage and all these weird little small RPGs that use the same font in their generic yeah. uh, logos... <laughs> Maybe, yeah. maybe various day life was finally the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> but uh, this one, this is definitely, I mean, I've played all those games uh, and they're all kind of various forms of not great. Yeah. But this is, this is maybe the only one that I would call outright bad. Yeah. Um, and I bad. was surprised. Like I was kind of, when I got this, I was expecting it to be kind of like, not good necessarily, but sort of like a nice distraction. <laughs> like some, I was like, oh, maybe I can just sort of while away on this one for good a while. Good podcast while game, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> something to just play as like background noise almost. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Like it's not even that interesting. 
I knew I was in trouble in that first sh- cutscene with the ship. Yeah. And like you, it pans over the character models. You're like, why are you showing me these character models this closely? Close. Like, I, yeah. These were clearly never meant to be seen. Where their hair was just a texture slapped on the side of their yeah, head. Was, <laughs> and like the shoes. Like, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's so not bad. The, like you couldn't tell what the shoe was. Really. Yeah. It was, it's so bad. Yeah, it, it was it was not amazing. <laughs> That's um, a good way to put it. Not amazing. Yeah. Yep. Combat's not great. It's just sort of like standard platinum stuff, but like like made by the interns. Yeah. Almost. Like it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. None of it works. Yeah. And like you spend all this downtime at the hub stuff and like all the all the 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 live service stuff just feels like weirdly grafted on top of it, but then like there's not even the combat system to to, there's no catch to it so there's no like yeah. there's no teeth there's nothing to grab onto like it's 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 just like it's one of the easiest things i have put down and walked away from and never looked <laughs> no at regrets. again all year no regrets <laughs> no <laughs> yeah i'm right there with you another worthy pick for a turkey award for 2022 and again didn't have to be that way no like well, they should have canned the game. Could should have canned the game. Should have just let them make the game they originally planned to make. Should not only did they not can the game, they let the studio create the first couple rounds of DLC. Yeah, <laughs> as though you wouldn't play that game. I'd be like, and I'm no, good. immediately. I'm good. <laughs> we we probably don't need to move forward on this yeah. any further, unless by some miracle people like it right you know and they did not they did no no they did not <laughs> uh okay my that was second. one of the fastest shutdowns of a game like that i think i've ever seen yeah it lasted like nine months it's i'll say this it's the least amount that i've played a game to talk about it on game face for the entire year yeah it's pretty because <laughs> you just don't want to do it anymore because you just realize very quickly that that's what the game yeah, is nothing, and you don't need to play any more of it yeah yeah uh okay my second turkey for 2022 is what I would guess is a company that's been a regular target for Turkey Awards the world over, and that is Electronic Arts, EA, and its tweet about single-player games that it put out this year. It's tone-deaf tweet that it put out mm-hmm. about single-player games where it said, they're a 10, but they only like playing single-player games. Meanwhile, was it just the week before that the new Star Wars Jedi game mm-hmm. from Respawn had been announced, yeah. and, and Vince Ampella is sitting there like, hey mm-hmm. like we make single player games in fact we made a single player game that is one of your best-selling games from the last 20 years mm-hmm. what the hell like and the funny part is is like the gig had already been up with ea at that point with single player games because it had already admitted we were wrong holy crap this jedi game mm-hmm. sold out the ass like oh we're all in on single player now and then the tone-deaf social media team is like, nope, we're just going to quadruple down and on also, our stupidity. What game are you talking about Yeah, that we should be playing? Because I don't remember the last <laughs> multiplayer game you put out. Well... There was maybe Apex. I mean, Battlefield was obviously a mess. Who's playing that right now? Yeah, is like, and then like on top of it, you're like, are you talking about Apex Legends? Because you know who made that? The same people who made the single player game yeah. that we're working on right now. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And apparently there was a plan where like they were going to argue with each other, and it was going to be like a more of a a conversation between the various social media like accounts that EA held. But Vince basically <laughs> yeah, jumped yeah, in yeah. so fast. Well, we're that, good on like, that one. It was like. Mm-mm. <laughs> Yeah, so once again, EA did something really stupid in a year, and it's earned a turkey award here on yeah. Game Face. And like maybe, I guess, almost the last thing I remember thinking about EA for, yeah. other than like the Battlefield problems. And I guess they got a Need for Speed game coming out in a week, which is... We also have to think... All they EA, are such a non-entity now. They are. All EA's multiplayer games suck! Yeah. Think about it. The last couple Battlefields have been terrible. Mm-hmm. BioWare 
makes its ultimate multiplayer game. It falls flat on its face. And now maybe maybe what was kill- oh Anthem yeah right. yeah I, I, that was for sale for two dollars. If you look at that tweet this week, this week, half of the responses underneath it are just Anthem says what's up. Yeah, Anthem says hey, what's that Anthem? Like it's just like can you even play Anthem anymore? I don't know. You may not be able to. I don't know. I'm not going to install. I'm it not going to gonna try. I, yeah, it, okay. I I actually liked it more than you did, but still, it wasn't a great game. And for as much as EA built it up, it basically just fell flat on its face. So. EA gets my second turkey award for 2022. Matt, what is your final turkey award for the year? Final turkey award. I mean, this is I guess this is a, is a turkey award, but it's also a little bit of grave dancing. Uh, is Google Stadia. <laughs> I'd say rest in peace, but I wish no peace upon that stupid I mean, thing. it could conceivably win the turkey award for the last, like, half decade. Yeah, I mean, it certainly <laughs> wins the, like, who in the world didn't know this was a bad idea. <laughs> Uh, award. It's like the, I like that meter there. That's kind of how far. Is that how long the the, the, the service is going to be up? That... That's how far it made it into its lifespan before it died. <laughs> Four hours and twenty five minutes before Phil Harrison murders another company. And Matt, it's not even just about the service. It's about the people that were involved yeah. and like taking Jade Raymond off the market for like three mm-hmm. years when she could have been making games. Look how quickly. She goes somewhere else, and she's got games are coming already. Yeah, already happening. Already happening, like gonna be done by like. Early. And already recognize the the people she's working for are already recognizing how valuable she is. Yeah, whereas, and like, already whereas is like, Google wouldn't even like give her time to finish anything. Yeah, it was just so yeah. dumb. PlayStation's so dumb. like, yo, here's a team of 150 people, and here's a gigantic budget, and here's a brand new building, and like mm-hmm. these guys are like, just go work in the Google offices with five people and see what yeah. happens. Oh, I mean, hopefully she got paid real well for that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she got did. The, got the Google money. Got the... But she would have got paid really well no matter where she was. Sure. And she could have made art instead. Yeah. I mean, I can understand why, you know, you would hook up to with that with this venture. Like, if, if you know, because, you know, if you don't know what their plans are beyond, like, I'm going to make games for this platform, it probably seemed like a good idea. And obviously, you knew they weren't going to run out of money. Yeah. But, like, you know, we said at the time, Google doesn't let things live long enough to find out whether they can make it on their own or not. So <laughs> El Guapo 3385 says the turkey for Google Stadia should go to Phil Harrison. He gets a lifetime turkey achievement award. I agree. Mm-hmm. Again, he's like the the ultimate failing up guy in the gaming industry. He's never repped anything that was a big success ever. I can't think of anything. He was he he presided over PlayStation during its only yeah. bad console. What, what did he do before that? What did he do? He was at PlayStation a long time, he but he was at PlayStation of Europe for a long time, so we didn't see That's him. That's right. That's, yeah. He was like working behind he's the scenes Europe and with like that studio that was in London. Yeah, Getaway and things yeah. like that. Yeah, that's right. He was working with all those right. guys for a long time. And look, working in a development studio is one thing. Leading a platform yeah. is something entirely different, and he has failed every time. So cheers to you, El Guapo. I agree with you a thousand yeah. percent. But you, he somehow keeps getting... You know, doesn't seem like he's falling on his landing on his feet this time. This dev doesn't seem to have a lot of consequences. It really doesn't. When it, when it comes down to feels it. Feels like you can just throw a bunch of crap at the wall and if nothing sticks, no harm, no foul. Yeah, I guess I don't so. get it. I'd like one of those jobs. That'd be great. <laughs> so there you go. Phil Harrison and Google Stadia, your final turkey for 2022. Mm-hmm. And my final turkey for 2022, and this might be a little controversial, but for me, it's Microsoft and Xbox. And it's not because... They've had a terrible year of software, which they have, and I could probably give them a turkey award just for that. I mean, we just talked about 
a narrative choice driven adventure game as like Xbox's best exclusive for 2022. Think about that for a second. So I could easily pin a turkey award on Xbox just for that. But no, what really grinds my gears about 2022 for Xbox is how they are bending over for Sony and letting Sony just ream them right up the rear end. Like, what are they doing? Matt, did you see that now Microsoft has offered PlayStation 10 years of Call of Duty? They have offered to call for Sony to call off the dogs and be like, hey, stop like filing these reports with regulators. We'll give you 10 years of Call of Duty. By the way, PlayStation is still waffling on it and maybe and is saying like that may not be good enough. This is insane. Xbox just spent un- you can't even fathom how much money they just spent to acquire Activision. Let's be honest, what did they really acquire with that? They really acquired a couple Blizzard games and Call of Duty. Activision otherwise doesn't make any games, Matt. Mm -hmm. So you just spent all this money on Call of Duty and you're going to give it to your competitor. Now, I'll be honest with you. I have a soft spot in my heart for PlayStation owners. I don't want them to lose Call of Duty. So don't get it twisted. Don't think that I'm like trying to make your lives miserable or whatever. I'm just saying from a business perspective, it's insane that Microsoft is acquiescing to PlayStation like it is for Call of Duty. This is why you bought Activision. Well, they probably also wanted Candy Crush. I guess. And that, look, that Candy is... Candy Crush makes more money than Warzone. It is money in the bank. You're right. Like, Candy Crush. That's king, though. That was a whole separate acquisition. That that's, is, that's part of the whole thing. Was it? Was it yeah, part of the Activision thing? That's part of thing? Activision. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I agree with you. Sure. Candy Crush is a like a money tree, basically. And I, I mean, it's I, not going to get you any headlines in the release no, calendar. No, but it's going to make you a billion dollars yeah. every quarter, like, no problem. I do get that part of it. But Call of Duty is bigger than Candy Crush, and that is why you really spent the big bucks, and they're doing nothing with it. They are neutering themselves. They are castrating themselves for no reason. Those deals are going to go through. I don't understand why Microsoft believes that they're not, and they're bending over for it. Like, I think they I think they must be running the numbers and realizing they're going to make more money from residuals and, and Off transa- of royalties for off, the trans- sales on PS5? From, or- because the PlayStation numbers are so big for Call of Duty, the revenue from that is probably going to be worth more than withholding it. I was very critical of Phil Harrison for pretty much the entire Xbox One generation. I said he should have been fired. And then he seemed to turn it around. Phil Spencer. Yeah. Who did I say? Harrison. Oh, Phil Harrison. Too many Phil's <laughs> Too in many one Phil. section. <laughs> Too much Phil. Um, Phil Spencer, you know, he kind of turned it around. He, he started changing things. But again, now I feel like he's being a bad leader again. Like, I just, I don't see, there's no reason why he's doing this. I think part, well, no, I, like I said, I think there, there's, there, I think the revenue must add up one way or the other. Uh, the other thing I think is they don't have a lot of leverage right now because nothing's coming out. Yeah. Um, I, you know, obviously they're supposed to have Starfield out by now, but push. I mean, probably better to push it and make because I think you, I think you need a first impression from the first Bethesda release under Microsoft ownership to be like, look, it's pretty solid. Yeah. You, know, it's, you don't want it to sure. be full of bugs and all that stuff. Yep. And I re, I don't think we're going to be playing Starfield till next fall. Me, me either. I think it's um, totally next holiday yeah. game. Yeah, I at agree. The very earliest, you're talking about June, and I don't see them doing that. No way. I don't see that happening at all. They've already said Redfall's coming first. Yeah. I just actually got on the beta for Redfall. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll talk about that next week, if they'll let me. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think Microsoft just continues to be in their holding pattern that they've been in for, what, like four years yeah. at this point? I mean, they had one decent year last year. Yeah. Decent. 
Mostly because of Forza. Yeah. But like Halo. But Halo, yeah, that didn't they didn't, didn't, that didn't last. <laughs> it really didn't. It was a nice week. It was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just it, it's like if, they ever had co op? What? Did co op ever get in there? Yeah, it finally did, did launch. Okay, yeah, like yeah. a month and a half ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Almost a year later. Next, next up Halo next Halo game won't have Master Chief for Well notice months, all the people right. that left. Right. And now their their talent drain is happening at three four three. So yeah. so anyway, it, I really felt like Xbox had an opportunity after they spent all this money to really kind of put a chokehold on things here for the next like ten years and it's just let it out of its grasp and it's like it's not gonna move the needle at all now. Mm-hmm. It spent all this money and I can't understand how the investment is going to move the needle. Do you? It's Do you just, see a way? Just income. It's just income. It's I mean, they're doing this all to drive subscriptions to Game Pass, but notice mm-hmm. we have not had an announcement about Game Pass subscriptions in a long time. And you know what that means? They haven't gone up. Well that that was that hasn't been a long time. It's been like a month. No. They we just, got updated they just, they Game just, Pass numbers. They a month just ago? talked about how it's it's like they're it's profitable now. No, but I'm saying like the number of subscribers, like how many subscribers they have. They said how many subscribers somewhere around Gamescom. Did I remember, they? Yeah, I, there was. I haven't a heard an updated figure in more than a year. No, there was a number recent, because it because what happened was it leaked out that there was 30 million, and Xbox came out and said no, we actually don't mm. have that many, and that was the last thing I heard. That was like no, last there, holiday. No, there was season. definitely in some kind of update around gamescom i remember that but i, I don't didn't remember, I don't remember any said. of that but anyway that's what it's supposed to be doing driving game pass subscriptions and does it seem like it is I don't know. Have, have you talked to anyone anecdotally that's like yeah i'm getting game pass now because microsoft yeah. bought all the oh really well not because they bought anything but because it's a good deal just because they're getting it yeah. and i got a couple people that are like feeling weird i got a couple people i know who bought an xbox and feel weird because they don't own any games for it yeah they're just playing game pass oh interesting and they're kind of like it's weird because I bought a system, but I don't own it. I haven't bought any games, but I'm playing tons of games because I have Game Pass. I'm like, well, that's what they want. I've hardly used Game Pass this year. I just use it for Pentiment. I use it for Tunic. Uh, there you Plague go. Plague Tale. Okay, so that was so October. They announced numbers for January. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah, see, January 22, 25 million. Yeah, but they announced that in, at the end of last month. But see, we knew that already because last year. Somebody, I think it wasn't Pactor, but some financial person was like, they have 30 million. And Xbox went on the record and said, no, we don't. Like, we mm. have like 25 or whatever. But they did talk about income a couple months ago. Oh, okay. And the income was pretty high. Yeah. And income is probably... Um, Swanlin says Playtale should have been a turkey. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about it. So, thought by the way, it. that show went up on YouTube and... There are some people that love that game oh, that sure. went after us and said we're insane <laughs> for not thinking it was good. No, I just. Uh... But even they like would acquiesce and be like, "You're right, though. The slingshot's stupid." Like mm-hmm. even they were like, "Okay, I get some of your points." But anyway, um, so anyway, that is my final turkey for 2022. Xbox to me completely botching the acquisitions that it's made so far, and the icing on the cake would be ultimately if they don't go through for some stupid reason after it is like bent over backwards to try to oh, make sure it does go, go through, through. There's, there's no grounds for it not going i agree there's no grounds for them to give ground to playstation so maybe what you're saying about profits blah 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 doing the math and saying mm-hmm. well we can make 
X amount of we can make five dollars off of each copy. I sold think the time or, will come while that, be, that all that stuff sort of winds down. But like right now, they they make more money from Candy Crush and and the other King stuff than they make from anything else, including Call of Duty. C- Candy Crush is a bigger revenue maker than than Call of Duty. One hundred percent. I'm pretty sure they've said that. I don't know. I'd have to ask Pactor about that one. But they also, also by the way, this new Call of Duty sold through the roof as well. It made a yeah. billion dollars in the first like weekend or whatever. Candy Crush makes that like a in like a month. No, it doesn't. It, it makes a no. Lot. It's like per quarter. It makes a billion. It's that's still more than Call of Duty makes because Call of Duty comes out once a year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I have to ask Pack about that. But anyway, that's my final turkey for 2022. However, I do have an honorable mention. Before we go, and my honorable mention is abandoned, <laughs> and it is. A fake game that you got a lot of you guys on Sifted fell for. This dude, Hassan Karaman, totally swindled everybody. You guys all thought this game was the new Silent Hill. You guys were digging around. Oh, that thing. You guys were digging around in the frames of this trailer looking for clues to say it might be PT. You guys argued with me, some of you, that I was crazy for not believing that this was related to Kojima or Silent Hill. And as it turns out, it was a scam all along. The game doesn't even exist. The funny part about this trailer is at the end, it says something like, gameplay trailer coming soon. Mm -hmm. And it never came because there was never a game It was all a lie. And the way that this guy, Hassan Karaman, dragged people along, and Kojima, by the way, he dragged him into it. Kojima had to come out not that long ago and be like, that's all nonsense. I have nothing to do with this game at all. All because you guys, even though we were telling you, don't get suckered into it, y'all did. And so it's not your fault, by the way. I'm not blaming you guys for falling for it. It is Hassan Karaman's fault for dragging people along. Hinting, instead of just coming out and being like, no, this has nothing to do with Kojima, he dragged it along until Kojima finally had to come out and say, no, that's nonsense. So, so what was the point? What was he trying He's to just trying to do? probably get people to invest in his studio mm. so that he could actually build the game because this was all just smoke and mirrors. What is is it? Is this some kind of this is something CG he built in unreal engine 5 okay. and walked through and was like hey here's this new video game the crazy part is he hoodwinked playstation into running it this trailer appeared on playstation's official youtube channel hmm. so maybe this should have been one of my turkeys <laughs> like my legit turkey maybe it shouldn't have been an honorable mention because all the stuff that happened around this game was just dirty the 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 PT thing will eternally be one of the most confusing things in video game history to me. Like, I do not... I mean, it's not I like I didn't like PT. Yeah. I will never understand why people are so hung up on that thing. Because they can't have it, Matt. But it's... That's not even what the game was going to be. I know. Silent Hills was just going to be like a normal Silent Hill game. Like, that PT was was not what that game was going to be. I know. I know. I don't it was just either. the Stanley Parable with creepy shit in it. I don't understand. I do still it. wish I had it on my hard drive, though. I should. I do. I, I shouldn't have, have deleted it. it off of my hard drive. I still have it on my PS4. I know. I looked up. I deleted it off like a dumbass. I don't know why. I'm never gonna play it again. Yeah. Like it was. I played it. It was fine. Because I think someday you'll be able to sell that console with it on there. It'll be worth money. Yeah, probably. But it's also got my. I mean, I, as long as I can delete my account, you'd have to sell your account too. I ain't selling. I ain't selling my account. That's ridiculous. Well. 
Someday when I die, probably my relatives will sell my accounts. Well, I can, I can, but like by the time dude, my account by is the time badass. You, by the time you die, all the people that care about PT will also be dead. Yeah, so true. it doesn't matter. But it still might be worth money because Maybe. it has the game on there. I mean, I'll sell it without my account with the data on it. Maybe that helps somebody. Maybe. But I assume, I have to assume that's been dumped online more yeah. times than you can count. I hope by the time we die, you'll be able to sell our accounts for money. Because, dude, my account... Is ridiculous on all just, platforms. I figure that's just going to hand down to. Yeah, I'll give it to somebody. a relative who will sell yeah. it instead. Because <laughs> they'll be like, I don't care. This account has, like, by at that point, my account will have thousands and thousands of games on it. And they'll be like, I don't want to play these games. Let's go to eBay. Whatever. They can do whatever they want. I'll be gone. I won't even know what the hell's going on. So, anyway, there you go. Those are our Turkey Awards for 2022. And unlike last week, we do have. Name that game for you guys today. Let's get it. All right, it's Name That Game Time. It's a very simple game. I show you five screenshots from a specific game, and you need to guess the name of the game, just like the title insinuates. You are playing against Matt, so somebody in our chat needs to guess the title of the game before Matt does. You guys win all ties. If he guesses the name of the game and I look over and it appears in chat, you guys get the win. Whoever guesses the name of the game first gets a free game and uh, just coordinate, we'll coordinate that once the game is over as far as you sending me your information so I can get you the free game. Uh, one other note before we get going, the chat is put on the slow mode. So you really only have one guess every 60 seconds. So don't just spam the chat with just random game titles because you're not gonna win. And you'll have to wait 60 seconds before you can guess again. So make your guesses count. Um, do and not it's just not go- Body Harvest. It's, <laughs> did someone guess that yet? No. <laughs> Sinistar, <laughs> Zed Saber said Sinistar. Uh, okay, Vincent has an, enabled the 60 second slow mode. We are ready to go. Here comes the first screenshot and go. <laughs> I mean, all I, right. that's all I can give you guys. Or you'll get it on the first screenshot. You guys are too good at this. Maybe it is the Stanley Parable. <laughs> it's not. It's not the Stanley Parable. Dwarf Fortress, no. Fear, no. That's a good guess, though, mm. pa Pacrius. I think Fear already was one of them, though. Yeah, we did do Fear already, I think. Half-Life 2, no. Max Payne, no. Cookie Mama, no. Rainbow Six, no. Half-Life, no. Fear, no. 007, no. Splinter Cell, no. Everybody's just trying to think of games with offices in them. Pretty much. 50 Cent, nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Control, no. Yeah, everyone's thinking of games that, are, that take place in office buildings, mm -hmm. basically. Fluorescent light. Yep. Okay, on to the next one. Here we go. It's a foot. It's two. It's, it's feet. Foot. Two feet. It's feet. Call of Duty 4, no. From Commander Fett. Manhunt, no. GTA 2, no. GTA 4, no. And remember, you do have to get the right iteration of a franchise. Call of Cthulhu, no. Jerry Boulet, Max Payne, no. Pacrius, no way out, no. Call of Duty Marvel Warfare, no. Ashes in the Hourglass, Max Payne the third. Yes. <laughs> it's Max Payne three. But yeah, I'll give I'll give it to you, Ashes. Um somebody guessed Max Payne just from the thing, but it was just Max Payne. They didn't guess Max Payne mm -hmm. three. But it is Max Payne three. I'm not sure how you got that, man. He does have that rumpled 
those rumpled pants. That's not while. his feet. That's an enemy's feet. feet. Maybe everybody has rumpled Maybe. pants in that game. <laughs> I recognize them jeans. <laughs> but you got it. Ashes in the hourglass. Here's your round of applause. Congratulations. I thought he had won already. No? Mm-hmm. I thought you had. I should have mentioned also that you can't win again. You have to wait till the year turns over if you've already won. Um, <sighs> here are the last three shots. <laughs> That's looking through like glass. Right. At an enemy. Here's the fourth one. See the head in the very bottom right there? I thought mm-hmm. that might give it away because you could see what one of the enemies looks like. I thought that was just the Twitch streamer playing the game. Yep. And then here's the last one where you actually see Max Payne's head down there. <laughs> and he's posted up. Ashes says, I did win. I didn't think it was the answer. Dude, you're not supposed you're supposed to not guess at all if you've already won. <laughs> oh. Which I also should have said at the beginning, but I've said it every time we've played like a hundred times that you shouldn't guess if you've already won it. Hey, Firenado says everyone knows enemies genes from the Max Payne series. Hmm. <laughs> Cinetyke, Shane amping up the obfuscation game. I'm not sure what that means. Obfuscation. What does that mean? Hiding. Like, oh. I, you, you thought these screenshots were too obtuse? Uh, they're a little too, you too tough. overboard, I think. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to find that sweet spot in the middle mm-hmm. of where everyone won't guess it on the first. Uh, the people still guess it on the second shot. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. You guys are just too good. Uh, well, Ashes in the Hourglass, you weren't supposed to win again. And for next time, everybody... It's, it's funny, like, with, uh, my first thought with, when seeing this fluorescent thing was Max Payne, but I wouldn't probably never have guessed Max Payne 3. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'll just say it again for next time. If you've won this year, do not play. Do not guess. Do not do anything. Just sit there and play the game that you won earlier in the year while other people play. <laughs> Uh, now, truth be told, in another six weeks, the year will turn over and everyone will be free to play again. But we want to get the games to new folks who have not won yet. Uh, so again, next week, don't forget that um, if you've won already, do not play. Do not make any guesses. Do not do anything. As you can see, it just totally ruins today's game. After the game had been off for like six weeks. Hmm. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Hopefully the guys who haven't won will get another chance at doing it sorry ashes i guess i should have said that i just i know you've been on the show stream like every week like no i think he was joking oh why would he joke about that because he didn't think that's what the answer was but that's why he said But he's not supposed to guess like no one's Mm -hmm. supposed to guess if you won that's the other thing you're not supposed to play at all but anyway thanks for playing guys unfortunately someone else won that had already won so we'll get back at it next week and now it's time for some q a although one last sound effect for ashes in the hourglass because he did ultimately win even though he wasn't supposed to. All right, it's time for some Q&A. Go at Sifted Games in the chat so we can pluck it out from everybody pissed off about name that game for this week. Uh, let's see if we've got any questions waiting for us. Um, oh, Cinetyke says I wasn't criticizing. I was recognizing it as a positive. Good job. I mean, I could make this impossible, like if I wanted to. I could make it so you guys never guessed it, but I don't want to. I want you guys to guess it. I want the ideally... You guys get it on the fourth or the fifth image. That's what I'm shooting for. So if you guys get it on the first or the second, I feel like I've failed. Uh, the Legacy. For the Turkey Awards, did you guys forget about Crossfire, or was the other stuff worse in your opinion? I don't even know what he's... T- I'm just saying how bad the game was. Crossfire was a horrible disaster because it was you know, it was the most popular shooter in Korea, and it came over yeah. here with like some... like. 
well, I can't remember who made it, but it was like it had a campaign. But apparently, it was just awful. But like, no, it was awful. We talked about it here on yeah, the show. But it was like, I, terrible. I didn't forget. But I about thought it, it was going to be terrible. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't I don't think care. it was going to be good. It was yeah. terrible. Basically, yeah. like, yeah, that was a that was a horrible disaster. But like, I I didn't no skin yeah. off mine really. Jam Rain, thank you for the tier one subs, man. We appreciate it. Uh, oh, nobody's asked me about Terrifier. Remember last week in chat. People were like, Shane, have you seen Terrifier 2, oh, the right. movie? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let me just pop back on the camera here. Holy crap. <laughs> Dude, Terrifier. So, I, Matt, I didn't even watch Terrifier 2. I watched Terrifier 1 because Terrifier 1 you can watch for free on YouTube. Uncensored, I would add. And, oh, my God. So I, <laughs> I was like, I just want to get an idea of what Terrifier is about before I pay the money you have to pay to rent terrifier 2 so i was like i'm just gonna watch terrifier 1 for free on youtube and get the gist of it and see if it's worth watching a sequel holy crap it is like the most depraved slasher movie i've ever seen it literally is just about a clown who dresses in white makeup and a white outfit that just murders people like it starts in like this restaurant he shows up and he murders everybody in a restaurant and then they end up going to like this industrial warehouse and he just murders people for like an hour and a half straight in the most awful ways possible matt one of the worst murder scenes i've ever seen in a movie and i have seen terrible ones is there's a shot where he has a woman hanging upside down with her legs spread naked and he gets a hacksaw and comes back and saws her in half starting at her vajayjay and they don't cut it it's on youtube <laughs> for free where you can just watch it uncensored and they don't cut it they show him sawing through her whole body it's insane and is it like convincing or just oh like yes obviously a oh it's like some of, of the best practical effects i've ever seen and this is the first one when they had no budget so I'll be honest with you, holy crap, that caught me off guard. And I am a little gore hound and I love gory movies, but man. And it, it the other thing that they did for the first one was they shot it with grain. Mm. I don't know, maybe it's post-processing, but the whole thing is grainy like a no, 70s well, horror flick. Grain is almost always post-processing yeah. now. But it's, shot, it's the whole thing shot like a 70s horror flick. And it's shot mm. and lit very well. Like the production quality in it is really great. Like the plot's dumb. They don't really explain, like, why he wants to kill people. It doesn't seem like that's the point. There's really, like, no plot at all. It's just this clown just yeah. murdering Like, people. I heard that basically it's, like, an effects reel. It is amazing like effects. Like, I didn't... I haven't even watched the second one. Because I watched the first one, I was like, hot damn, I gotta, like, take a break. I need to, like, press the reset button. It was that insane. Like, and the effects are amazing. Like, they didn't get, like, a big name. Like, the guy who wrote the film and directed the film also did the practical effects and he's good man like it was really really good the effects in it so i have not watched terrifier 2 yet i do think i might watch it this weekend though after i've kind of cooled my boots a little bit but thank you very much for the recommendation man swanland says terrifier 2 is 10 times worse now see so i went and looked and a lot of people think that it isn't hmm. they say that there's more gore but it's not as like disturbing as the first one i don't know all right but Hot damn, man. <laughs> you guys definitely turned me on to a movie that I had no... It has been out for a while. Like, Terrifier 1 is, like, like eight years old or something. Mm -hmm. It took them a long time to make the second one. I had no idea it was even out there. So thank you guys, I think. <laughs> anyway, back to the Q&A. Um, from AJ the Legend Watson. Not sure if Matt has talked about it. 
Um, however, I wonder what his thoughts are on the Marvel vs. Capcom 2 Arcade 1-Up machine. Uh, my thoughts are that it's downstairs. <laughs> he has it. <laughs> it is literally downstairs in his dining room right now. Mm-hmm. And when I came here last week, he had gotten it, and I got to check it out. It's pretty sweet, man. Yeah, it's good. I mean, that's a, that's the whole series, plus a couple of Super Nintendo games for no apparent reason. Yeah. Um, it's very good. Uh, but he does he does point out like uh, the the leaderboards are still not up for Marvel vs. Capcom 2 nobody really knows why that's weird because um, it does have online play um, you can play any of the fighting games online mm-hmm. uh, and I have like I've played it's it's a Wi-Fi though right Wi-Fi, yeah but it, it works pretty well I mean, I'm getting like 50 ping oh good on, on like X-Men and Marvel that's superheroes that's great uh, there, there is leaderboards for everybody um uh, for all the, all the games except MVC two, and it just says coming soon, mm-hmm. and nobody really knows why. That's weird. So I don't know. Yeah, but otherwise you love it, right? Yeah, it's great. And how much was it again? Six hundred. Steep. Yeah. It ain't cheap. It's gonna be more. Yeah. Now it's, now it's gone. It's also not that tall. It felt like the top of the cabinet came to like here on me, maybe. Yeah, it's a three quarter scale. Yeah. The, the one up machines are three quarter scale, so it's also on a riser. Oh, it is down there. Yeah, because they. It comes with a little, like, square box that uh, you, you okay. build and you put on top They of it. know. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Because um, it's, like, four feet tall otherwise. It seemed that way. Yeah. It seemed Without like the I'd... box, is like, four feet tall. With it, it's, like, closer to five, yeah. five, three or something. Yeah. I had to look, lean, look down a little bit. But without the riser, I would have had to have looked down a good bit. Oh, yeah. You couldn't play it without the riser. Yeah. You had to sit down to play yeah, it yeah. without the riser. It's like a cocktail table. Uh, they also make that. They do make a cocktail version of, of that, it, of that, of, of most of their down. stuff. But they do, you can get a co- eventually. You, at least I don't know if it's available now, but there will be an MVC two cocktail version. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but because you're basically playing the game head to head with like two screens. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that would be weird. How would they make that work? It's just that each person gets their own their screen own screen it, basically. So it's more expensive, I'm guessing. Uh, probably about the same. Yeah. Normally, you'd expect a cocktail machine to be less expensive but in this case it'd probably be because usually the cocktail table would be the same screen Mm -hmm. you know you don't need two screens for pac-man right but in this case i think you do need a longer screen to show yeah two you know horizontal images yeah for sure um you know it's good it uses whatever whatever emulator probably some kind of main version and uh everything runs very well everything plays very well um worth 600 bucks to me it was like a lot of those games aren't available any other way you know like the they're they're the Certainly, X Men, um, X Men, Marvel Superheroes, X Men versus Street Fighter, Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter never left the uh, the Saturn and the PlayStation One. Um, there are no collections of them currently, I don't think. Yeah, and it's still hard to get MVC and MVC Two uh, outside of that one collection they did that I don't think is available anymore. So, uh, and this is obviously as good as it gets. There's you know decent or you know the, the it's not quite you know Sanwa buttons but like it's yeah. good you know it plays yeah, the well. sticks in the buttons felt good as sure. i yeah, i got no other than the fact that it's light enough that if i really like move it like i can turn the machine sideways like, yeah it, other than that it's a pretty great setup okay uh sneaky charlotte snake have you've done your turkeys but anything positive this year to name yeah but we'll do those in our game of the year awards in about a month yeah we'll be less than a month yeah actually less than a month yeah like we'll be doing weeks. our game with you you have to wait for those um, what's your guys' favorite gaming OST? I feel like they've asked us this a million times. Mm. Fantasy Star Online. I say it every time. No, I don't know about narrowing that down to one. Yeah, it's hard. 
Uh, NorxNessie94, what do you think about Xbox and PlayStation subscription services slowing growth? Do you think Game Pass and PlayStation Plus has hit a ceiling, or do you feel like they can still grow? So that is a big, that is kind of a big story, actually, that PlayStation Plus, since it launched its new tiers and its whole new program, mm-hmm. has lost subscribers. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is, Matt? There aren't infinite people. Yeah. Like that's, you know. But some people have decided that they no longer wanted the service. Mm-hmm. So are those people just people who didn't play online very often? or Probably. And the, the price changes or the shifting made them realize, like, why am I still paying for this? Sp- like sometimes that. you alert people. When you do stuff like this, you yeah. make people think about where they're spending their money. And yeah. they're like, wait a minute. Why am I paying for this? Yeah. I mean, you know. There's a law of diminishing not, returns with this. There's only so many yeah, consoles only so many out there. People, so many consoles. So many people are interested in paying for that. So many, you know, there's, there's only so much you can do with it. You know, and it's not really an issue. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's just it only matters if you believe the infinite growth capitalism myth. Yeah. And quite frankly, at some point, you're gonna have to accept that your company makes, you know, three billion dollars a year, and it's not gonna make much more than that. And honestly, good. Like, what, dude, it's what, absurd what? with Apple. It's like, yeah. How much more money can a company make? Yeah, Apple shareholders in particular are more nonsensical about that than anyone else. It's just else. like watching like, like CNBC and they're like criticizing yeah. Apple. They're like, no, have you left the United States and seen how many people wear Apple watches and how many people mm-hmm. have iPhones? It's insane. Like these people like nitpicking Apple is like, shut the F up. Like... Dude, if you're doing fine, they can't do any better. They cannot do Mm -hmm. any better. But there must be infinite growth for the shareholder. That is the myth that has. It's funny if just ever seeing Apple stock go down. It's like, what are you doing? Why? Why would you ever sell Apple stock? They make more money than God. It's just, it's so weird. Like the whole stock market is just weird. I don't get it. Um, El Guapo, 3385, which side do you fall on? The Does Elden Ring have a narrative argument? Uh, we, we actually talked about this off camera, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I believe the subtext and lore are there, but from software games don't have a traditional narrative structure. Yeah, so Elden Ring has been nominated for like best narrative for the Game Awards, and I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Like, yeah, like you can like the narrative in that game, but like there's a lot better to choose from this year. There's better to choose from this and year. better ways that they're delivered than yeah. the way they are in that game. And it's, I just, well, the other thing, and I, I talked about it when we talked about Elden Ring and probably more more times after that, but, like, my issue is that, like, you know, I get that they present it in the way they present it, but I've looked, you know, I've, I've experienced the, it has, as presented, and I've watched the videos that kind of, you know, boil it all down to here's what happened exactly, and here's the, the order of things and stuff. I don't think it's a very interesting story. Yeah. Like, that's the thing about the From games is like, okay, yeah, you have to work really hard to get the story out and, like, see all the thing, all the little bits of the narrative. I don't think any of those games have very compelling narratives, and they're all kind of the same. Dude, I just glaze over. I remember it's just I like, playing. you know, king, god, person in the distant past did bad thing with magic and light went away, fire went away, thing went away, good thing went away. Now everything sucks, and you have to, like, bring the light, the good thing, the other thing back. It's like, it's... As Marcus Beer would say, it's, it's a bunch same, of wank. Yeah, it's the it's same thing. It's a bunch of wank. Like the and Elden Ring has a little bit of advantage because the backstory to the world is interesting because that's the part that George R. Right. R. Martin wrote, <laughs> yeah. and then you get to a certain point, I guess the Shattering or whatever it was, and then that's when From just takes what he wrote and twisted it to be Dark Souls again, pretty much. And yeah. you know, and again, I don't care. Like, yeah. I don't care. You know, I didn't need a story. It's to all keep window dressing it. to me. I'm yeah. just going through to kill shit. You know, I'm, I'm mm. you know, I'm fine playing the game without having to know every single nuance of who Melania is and right. all that shit. I don't care. Yeah. Um. 
and I, but and, to and nominate it for best narrative, for, I mean, part I, I have to believe part of the nomination for best narrative there is to just keep the fanboys off your back. Yeah, because otherwise you're going to scream about. You got to think the fanboys even have to admit that the story is just whatever. They do not admit that. No, it's insane. I remember I was playing Shane because they're Elder very proud Pain. of themselves for digging it out of no out of the the holes. You got to go for <laughs> fine. You know, it's it's like an accomplishment to them. I was playing Shane versus the Elden Ring on a stream, and I went into a room and some girl started blathering on about some nonsense and i just like ignored it or what and people in chat were like oh my god it's the story what are you doing you're completely missing the story i'm like i don't care it's a bunch of friggin' nonsense like anyway it's funny perspective but yeah i agree with you like that's a very odd nomination and you may be right matt it may be placating the fans because the fans mm-hmm. do seem kind of insane um, Zet Saber Juno will Cutter be DLC in the next FIFA game? <laughs> no beer allowed, yeah. <laughs> dude. I, that is one of the craziest bait and switches I have ever seen in my life. I mean, I I kind of applaud them for how that took well some they, balls. how much they played FIFA <laughs> on that one because fuck FIFA. But the FIFA is, does suck. Yeah, let's be absolutely. honest. But at the same time. <laughs> So does the theocracy. Damn. Like that, that. I mean, they just straight up lied to yeah. get the World Cup and then just told, didn't even shamelessly no. was like, nope, we're not doing it. And now. I, but I do love Budweiser's quick, they deleted it very fast, but Budweiser was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they, tweeted, they like, tweeted something like that. Like, they oh. sponsored the whole thing. Oh, no, World it was like, Cup. oh, well, this is awkward. Because like, that was a $75 million I know, campaign. Dude. I know. Cutter does not. And now all they can do is get, and, and Qatar's like, you can have near beer. You, you, have, you have non-alcoholic beer. And they have like, O'Doul's. Oh, yeah. All the British football fans are like, what? Or you can go into this <laughs> drinking zone place where that's like miles away from the stadium, and they're going to breathalyze you before they let you out of right. it because they don't want drunk people on their streets. It's, it's like, just crazy. It's like, what if what if we just entered the 20th century and pretended that... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's nuts. My, um, my, 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 basically, everyone sucks here. Yeah, and I just feel sorry for the people who travel. They spent all that money to travel there and aren't going to get to to you know watch football the way they like to watch football. Um, okay, we're going to answer one more question. Actually, two more. We're going to answer one, and then we're going to answer the second one because I know the second one's going to take us to the end of the show. Um, hmm. First up, Swanlin, how many more games do you have to give out? I have plenty, Swanlin. I have. Plenty of games to give out for the rest of the year. So you don't have to worry about giving us any more. And again, everyone thanks Swanland. He's, he supplies all the prizes for a Name That Game, all the free games that we give out for that. So thank you very much. And then the final question that I know is going to take the rest of the show, which is why I'm leaving it for last, <laughs> after I thank Gohan Rage for Twitch Prime, is your Wakanda Forever review. Mm. I'm assuming that that will take us to the end of the show. It could, yeah. Um... I like I liked it a lot. I don't think it was as good as the first one. Um, I hope Angela Bassett's back is okay from carrying that whole first half of the movie uh, on it. Um, I don't agree with some of the choices in it. Mostly involving I haven't seen it yet. So. Mostly involving the Talakan uh, characters. Like I, I thought Namor was great. Um, I like the change to why his name is Namor. I don't understand. So in the in the the change to the name is that. He takes it from the the colon the Spanish colonizers who say that he is the child with n- without with no love. Hmm. So uh, 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 basically, Nino Sinamor, and so he, he's Namor. That's his name. Hmm. 
And then, so I'm like, oh, okay. So, because there's always been an argument over how you pronounce his name. You know, Namor the Submariner is more or less how Stan Lee said it. Yeah. But you could say it Namor, 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 you know, all that stuff. Some, somebody said Submariner, which just doesn't make any sense. He's, he's a mariner under the sea. It's Submariner. Submariner, yeah. Um, and, but the reason his name is Namor is because it's Roman backwards. Oh. Because Atlantis was supposed to be oh. like ancient Rome. That's why his catchphrase was Imperius Rex. Uh. Latin. Like that was the, that's the gag there. That's how Stanley named people. <laughs> Namor. So, yeah. so when he said that in the movie, he says, you know, Namor. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So his name is Namor now. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And then everyone else in the movie calls him Namor for the, oh, rest really? of the fucking movie. Like, <laughs> like everyone in the same scene, the Wakanda it sounds like, like, like we have to deal with this Namor guy. I'm like, you know, he said his name was Namor. I don't know why you're <laughs> saying his name like, like an American would say it. Like right. <laughs> um, so, okay. His name is Namor, except when he says it and it's Namor. Yeah. Um, I thought that was weird. Yeah. Uh, one of my, th- but I thought he was great. Um, uh, the guy, the guy, play- Tenok, the guy playing Namor is fantastic. And I hope they use him constantly in the MCU going forward. It was, he was, he's a lot of fun. He, he nails Namor for, for, you know, exactly the kind of exact balance of cool jerk he should be. Uh, I do don't, I don't like that the other, his other people, the other people, the, 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 uh, the Talacon would, you know, Atlantean, you know, formerly Atlanteans in the comics, they are not super powered. And in this, they are mm. to make them a more formidable threat to the Wakandans. And I think that, that felt like contrived to me. I, I it made Namor a little less special. Okay. And I would have liked them to be normal because otherwise it feels almost like, oh no, they're never going to be able to beat these super. Oh, yeah, because they're superpower. Like, that's not fair. Like, yeah. if you just make them an equal civilization that also has vibranium and Wakanda's never fought anything like, they've never had to face another, you know, another enemy on, on their level like that. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting enough yeah, conflict to me. For like, sure. You, don't, you yep. don't need beyond that. I was a little disappointed in, I love Ironheart. Riri Williams as a character. She's one of my favorite characters, new characters in the Marvel comics. Uh, I was very much looking forward to her. Um, also, if you play the Marvel Champions card game, she's amazing in that. Um, I was very much looking forward to her being in, in the movie because I really like her. And also, I love Iron Man. I love Tony Stark stuff. And I miss having Iron Man suits running around. Out, you know, I know Rhodey's yeah. in there, but Rhodey doesn't get a lot of action as War Machine or like it won't until Armor Wars. But like I was excited to have Iron Man tech back in the back in the mix, you know, and she she does you know she does she gets a cool suit, but she doesn't really get to do anything. Like the action, oh, really? I didn't think the action was very good in this outside of one fight in the really? middle of the movie. The rest of it, the the character stuff is very good. Like the acting's very good. The 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 address ad, the addressing of Chadwick Boseman's death is exceptionally well. Yeah, done. that's my first um, big question. Actually, they handle it well. They do handle that very well. Uh, it is interesting in that it's the only Marvel movie I think that requires knowledge outside knowledge of the film like most marvel movies i think you've like 50 years from now you'll be able to watch them and understand what's happening for yeah. the most part whereas this it doesn't make sense to kill off t'challa unless you know that chadwick boseman died right um and so you, you it's one of the few marvel movies you have to have outside knowledge of the real world to understand why what happens why and it happens. Yeah. but you know having dealt with that it does make it does make a lot of sense the direction they take it i think it makes a lot of sense to not have recast him um not yet um because it just wouldn't have felt right i I still believe it wouldn't have felt right it's still too early honestly also like you know they get to make this as a as kind of a goodbye and a tribute to him also um 
a large chunk of what Black Panther 1 is about is not necessarily about, because he's gone through kind of an evolution, a character arc in Civil War already with Zemo and his vengeance idea. And he's kind of, he's, you know, he has sort of a growth in Black Panther 1, but the in terms of figuring out what Killmonger wants and trying to decide whether he understands that Killmonger kind of has a point or not. But a large chunk of Black Panther 1 is more or less about the strong black women that have been around T'Challa his oh, whole yeah, life. yeah, absolutely. And this yeah. movie focuses very much on them because oh, that's the cast who's left. You know, that's yeah, the yeah. cast who's left. And I thought that was that was going to be a good choice whether Chadwick Boseman was still with us or not. Yep. And I do, you know, and it is a sad thing to watch and sort of like, you, you know, I love watching a lot of these characters. Ramonda is fantastic. Um, and like... Yeah, because Angel Bass is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like they all do a really good job. Letitia, Letitia Wright is has a hard time carrying the second half of the movie, I think, um, because uh, I think Shuri's a little underwritten, and they didn't let her cut loose a little bit with her how T'Challa's death affected her. Like they should have let her be a little more raw. Okay. Um, but it, it more or less comes together. I've seen it twice now, and it, and oh, it, and it comes. Okay. To, it came together the second time I watched it. Came together, and I saw a lot more little details and sort of where they're going early on to where they end up, and like so that that all kind of hangs together. I think a second viewing really really brings it all together in a way that you maybe don't get the first time around. Um, Which film do you like better of the two? Black Panther, the first one. Yeah, I like the first. But but does it stand out better? It stands out a little better. It's a little tighter. Killmonger is a stronger. I mean, Namor's great, but Killmonger is a stronger villain in part because Killmonger has a really good point. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Chadwick Boseman is is one of the most watchable people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, You know, and one of the sad things about this one, of course, is that I think if Chadwick Boseman was still alive, I think. And inevitably, they made more Black Panther movies. I think a Black Panther trilogy with Chadwick Boseman would probably be the strongest trilogy in the Marvel Cinematic. Probably, universe. yeah. Like, I mean, it was headed that way. That's like, for there's, sure. there's, you know, and there's little things you see that there's so much world building they pay attention to with Wakanda and with Talakan. Talakan is a very well designed uh, world as well. Like, you know, based on the Mesoamerican kind of Aztec stuff, and yep. that's really fascinating to see, like you know, at the bottom of the ocean and stuff. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Little things I know, like the first. So the first time I saw it, I thought it was kind of weird and maybe silly that um, when they fly in early on, when they fly to go through the shield around Wakanda, it cuts to the guys who kind of man the shield, and to open it, they sort of they play these like it's like a mechanic, it's like a computer console except it's got water in it, and they play it like a drum mm. to open the shield. And I'm like, that's a little, like Wakanda doesn't like buttons, like that's a little <laughs> odd. But then the second, so that's watching it last last time I saw it, the second time I saw it. Um, I was thinking about that because I, I I thought that was an it's an it's an interesting visual. It's very Afro futurist visual, but I thought it was it was a little weird. But then uh, during the funeral like procession of of uh, T'Challa, the very beginning, the you know, first scene, there those you see him in the trailers. The two guys playing the 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 drums like on the roof with the the mural of Chadwick Boseman behind them, and they're switching back and forth between the two drums and like in complete sync with each other. Yeah. And it was a moment where I was like. What if in Wakandan culture, that drum playing is symbolic and associated with the opening of a way? Yeah. And so having the controls to the gate, to the shield, be a drum control is how they think of how you open something to another world. And to them, that would be opening to the other world of the outside versus the it's world of It's also a pretty good it's security a really cool, feature. Yeah, no one else would know the rhythm. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I thought, and the little things like that are the fact that at one point in Talakan you see... Um, they have the little that Aztec game where the ring on the side of the wall and you bump the ball through it. You know, the Aztec, oh, yeah, it's a yeah, real yeah. world thing where it's like yeah, a yeah. big ring, stone yep. ring and you have to, and the, the rule was always you had to, you have to, you can't use your hands or feet. You have to bump it with your body and get the ball. 
thing. And then, of course, the, the losing team, you know, some believe that they were killed. Yeah, right. They Thrown down to the bend of the pit. But so, so that's a obviously the sacrifice one of the sports on they the play there. Yeah, and you see that later in the movie. But earlier on, there's a thing where Atuma, who's one of his the big bad, you know, he's one of, like the right hand guy who fights Okoye all the time. And they have these grenades that explode in like big water bursts. And uh, at one point, they the one of the other soldiers throws him a grenade so he can throw it at Okoya, and it gets to him. And instead of grabbing it and throwing it or knocking it towards her with his spear or something, he bumps it with his hip uh, because he's played that game right. his whole life yeah, and yeah. he's really good at it. So that's <laughs> his best way of throwing something at someone. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that little touches like that where they think about how these characters and these cultures would would do things like that. I love that. Like that's, that's and that's that's all through the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would go with the first one a little more. But also, also because the first Black Panther was a cultural touchstone yeah. in a way that very few things. Ever, I mean, basically, yeah. I would say that and the first Avengers are the two kind of biggest, most like I would say they're the That's two important. most the two most important like tentpole blockbuster films of the of that decade. I'd agree. Yep. Um, I mean, obviously, Infinity War and Endgame were big because of the climax, but in terms of impact, like Black Panther is hard to match, and it's their only Best Picture nominee, yeah. and will probably remain their best, only <laughs> best Picture nominee for some time. The way things are going right now, maybe um, forever. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. Um, I didn't. You know, I think Black Panther is one of the best MCU movies. Yeah, me too. I would be in my top five easy. Yeah. Top um, three for me. Top me yeah, up. Top three on a good day as well. You know, it goes back and forth. I don't. I, none of my movie rankings are ever forever. They're fluid. You know? Yeah. Um, this one is probably top third, but you know, and I think you know, look, they did a really good job in the impossible situation. Yeah. Tough. Uh, also, the music is phenomenal. Like it should. Ab- so you're saying go see it. Everyone definitely go see it. see it. The score. Also, like it's three hours. I think it's three Ooh. hours something or almost three hours. It doesn't. Oh, I think it's two forty. Is it two forty? No, it's longer than that. I think it's actually longer than. that. It doesn't feel as long as it is. Even on the second viewing, that it moves like a bat. <laughs> That's it's another really reason fast. why I didn't watch Terrifier two because it's over two hours long. That's a long effects. Room. Nobody makes a horror movie <laughs> that's two. I was like, I don't think I can make it. Like it's just too much. So anyway, I, I I will go see Wakanda Forever. Like I, mm-hmm. Black Panther probably actually may be my second favorite MCU film. It's way up there. It's, it's amazing. It's excellent. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. There's Matt's review of Wakanda Forever. I knew it would get us to the end of the show. It uh, is. It is definitely the best MCU movie of the year. Which isn't saying um, a whole. Maybe not saying a whole lot. I, li- I like them all. I but this is definitely the best one. Yeah. Um. And uh, it's 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 a uh, it's a it's a neck and neck for between best best phase four movie because I also like Spider Man a lot. Okay, all right. But, uh, yeah, definitely. If you're gonna if you're gonna see one Marvel Cinematic Universe movie in the theaters this year, you should make it Black Panther. Okay. And a lot of people did because it's, it's doing, doing really well, very well. Yep. That's gonna do it for Game Face episode three, two, one. Contact. Contact. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. I hope you guys travel safe and you get to see family, you get to eat some great food, get to watch some football, all the fun stuff that comes along with Thanksgiving, passing out on the couch from tryptophan, all that good stuff. Hopefully you get your favorite foods. I know I have people in my family that make very specific dishes that I can't wait, but I'll be doing Thanksgiving by myself this year. But my aunt makes this awesome like potato casserole with cornflakes on top. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Incredible. And I always look forward to that. So hopefully all you guys have the same, something that someone in your family makes that you can't wait to eat, and you get to eat it here over the next couple days. If you're traveling right now on the way to meet family, I hope your travels go safe and you end up 
getting to spend time with the people that you really love and you really care about. Uh, the nuts and bolts of Game Face were supported 100% by Patreon. If you want to help us out, head to patreon.com sifted. It is the holiday season. And so some people have been giving us donations. If you'd like to do that, you can just go to sifted.net slash donate. And you can literally type in any amount that you want. And you can pay with a credit card, accept it in like 300 countries or whatever. You can give us five bucks, whatever you want, if you just want to say thanks for all the work that we've done throughout the year to bring you guys great content. Um, so again, head to patreon.com sifted and drop us a pledge. Whatever you can do would be awesome. And if you're broke and it's holiday season, a lot of people need their money to buy gifts for their loved ones. I totally get it. You can help us for free with Twitch Prime. And if you're watching on YouTube, the instructions for doing that are down below. And it's very, very easy. My mom, who's 70 some years old, has even figured out how to do it. So you can too. I know you can. Uh, but anyway, that's it for now us. Transition to Mr. Rogers. What'd you say? Now you transition to Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I know you can. Yeah. I, I know you can do it. <laughs> yep. Uh, so anyway, that's it for Game Face. We will be back next Tuesday. Um, same time, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash games. And we'll have a couple games to talk about, I think. But we're kind of winding things down here for 2022. We only have a few episodes left, and one of those will be our Game of the Year award. So hopefully you guys are excited for Christmas break. I know some of you guys, it's not Thanksgiving because you're not in America. Um, I don't even know. Do they even have anything like Thanksgiving in Europe? I don't think so. I don't so. think they do. Canada has its own Thanksgiving. That already happened. And that already happened, yeah. So I, I do realize I'm preaching to just our American audience here. Yeah, they, but. They, they, there was no um, taking food from the indigenous people celebration in Europe, really. <laughs> that already happened. It was called the fall of Rome. <laughs> but to be fair, like 60% of our audience is in the United States. So I always feel like we should talk about some of our big, yeah. big holidays. Yeah. Always feels like the chat's mostly Euro. No, well, maybe maybe because like people in America are still at work. Right. People in Europe just got off work. They're like chilling on their Tuesday night or whatever. So yeah, I think a big big part of our audience for our live stuff is mm. uh, people from Europe, and we appreciate you guys very much for showing up. You guys help make Game Face what it is, and we appreciate it. So on behalf of Matt, who you can find on Twitter at m kyle. That's m k e i l. I'm Shane Satterfield. You can find me on Twitter at Dinfire. I don't know for how much longer though. <laughs> I think I'm leaving Twitter here pretty soon. And you can find Sifted on Twitter at Sifted Games. And that's where you want to go to find out when the shows are going live and all this stuff happening at Sifted. So I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.